Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of MTG Rants. I'm Tanner Grace, as always, I'm joined by Ross Merriam, and uh, we're really trying to get an episode in this week. Uh, this It's what, Wednesday night, it's 9.30pm for me, 10.30pm for you, so we're, we're burning the candle at both ends, as everybody says. Um, this is mostly my fault, uh, Ross is a little busy at the beginning of the week, and I'm out of town for the next four or five days with uh, you know some business stuff going on. And stuff like that so like it'd be harder for me to record so we're going to try to get an episode in today it'll probably be a little more ranty a little less magic than normal on this but, one but last week's was all magic no rants so we're just balancing last we're balancing our range yeah we're balancing our ranges out and also uh one of the things is i think the the previews for mh2 start tomorrow right like the the yeah. individual so we're kind of going to let that build up into next week's episode which is going to be really cool we can start talking a lot i mean we're going to mention Modern Horizons 2 today. We're going to talk about it, whatever. But we'll be able to talk a little bit. Uh, talk about it in earnest. Yeah, a little more specifically about like what's going on and stuff. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, like you said, we haven't really gotten to rant uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, I've kind of been out of town. Um, I got to go on vacation, Ross. It was a really strange feeling. Yeah, I, I actually sat. I didn't sit at a bar. I still sat outside. Um, but I literally like I consumed things in an establishment for the first time yeah. in you know yeah however many months. So for for most people who follow the show, you know week to week or whatever, um, you know that I wasn't on the show. What was it like two weeks ago? Kind of now, week and a half ago. Yeah, two weeks you weren't on, and last week we we had Todd as a guest instead yeah. of a guest host. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the reason for that is I was on vacation. And for people who might not have known is I went to Las Vegas, Nevada. Or, I'm sorry, Nevada. Nevada. They get Nevada. very upset. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably say it correctly since I was a local for quite a while. So Apparently not know, enough. Yeah, well, I mean, come on, man. I'm from the South. You can't take the South out of the out of the boy. But anyway, um, it's just not how we say vowels down here. But, <laughs> um, you know, it was very strange. So it, it was a weird trip overall. You know, I go to the airport. Uh, I get there way earlier than I normally do because I think like Magic players, we've kind of like got the timing down on airports. You know, we kind of cut it close. You know, we min max our time. I'm, I'm actually an early airport person because well, I'm honestly, not surprised. I mean, I, one, I don't really see what the big deal is in waiting because I'm sitting in an air conditioned room with chairs and Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like yeah. that's basically my apartment. I just have yeah. to be fully clothed, yeah. and that you know, peace of mind is worth putting on some clothes. Yeah, I mean, for for me, most of the, it's it's like the airports aren't super close for me. Like the one that I fly out is mostly an hour away. So like, you know, oh, I try yeah, to that's annoying. I try to try to figure stuff out. Like my, as much my as airport can. is ten minutes away. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I I, don't I once got to the airport, uh, got through security. I was going to a, a to a tournament, and I was specifically I was going to a legacy tournament. And I, for some reason, was just bored and looking through my bag, which I basically never do. Yeah, realized I didn't have my deck. Yeah, we were boarding in like ten or twenty minutes, and I call. I ran out, called an Uber, went back to my apartment, grabbed the deck, Ubered, had the Uber driver waiting. I told him what the situation was. Went back to the airport, went through security again, and made it before they called my uh, like call time, my group number. Yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. That's actually <laughs> unreal. Um, so yeah, like you know, I was trying to get at was it was it was a weird, it was a weird roller coaster of like not just emotions but like uh, anxiety and a bunch of other things, and I'll explain why uh, this trip. You know, so I get there a little earlier than normal, just just in case you know extra precautions. Yeah. everything was the same, literally, like pretty much the, exactly the same. The airport didn't really have a, a different vibe to it. 
not really. Everything felt the same except for every single person in the place had a mask on. It was the first time I'd ever been in public where every single goddamn person had a mask on. And I was just like, this is amazing. This is actually kind of nice. But they, there's literally recording going on. If you haven't been traveling, it's like in the plane and everything. They're like, everyone here is required to wear a mask. It has to cover your mouth and nose. If you do not do this, I'm, this is not verbatim. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Yeah. If you do not do this, they're going to throw you out and you're subject to being arrested. Like, they're like, we're not fucking around. Do what we say. And like, for anyone who's ever traveled, especially like in, in an airport or before, I'll tell you this. Th- there's people that you can, you know, become a Karen to, that you can complain, you can raise your voice, whatever. Blah, blah. Do not do it at an airport. They yeah. do not mess around. It, it is actually, I believe, a federal offense to not comply with lawful orders from flight staff. Oh, I've, yeah. Like, you always see that video where someone's like, I don't have to listen to you. And they're like, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> I already called security, and you do. You do. <laughs> like, yeah, they're going to arrest you now, and they're probably going to rough you up a little bit on the way there, just so you know. But, um, And then, you know, everybody on the plane was purely masked up. And I guess it's in Vegas overall, everyone was, like, really good about having their mask on. People were telling you, like, hey, put your mask on, put your mask on. If you didn't, outside, not as much. That's understandable. Because um, I don't know if you've seen it now. Have you seen, like they lifted the mask mandates in Vegas and have you seen the pictures? It's just, it's bedlam. Like there's just, they've lifted it in a lot of places. Well, I mean like, yeah, they're doing that. And like, while I was there, they said like, you know, I was playing poker. They took some of the, you know, that was strange too. playing poker for the first time live in a long time. Um, they had the, they had plexiglass up. So you literally just have your own cubicle at the, at the table. It was actually kind of nice. Like I'm going to miss that. It led to some awkward stuff. Like, uh, my hearing is already pretty bad. Everyone's face is covered. And then someone tries to talk to you. I'm just like, dude, I, I have like no idea what you're saying <laughs> at all. And you can't see certain things. Plus, they keep it really clean, which is nice, right? Like, you know, they're wiping everything. But it makes everything reflect really, really well. So there's multiple times where, like, I thought somebody had a hand. But it was just a reflection of somebody else's hand. Just perfectly where it would be on their table. You know what I mean? It was literally just, like, in the perfect spot. So I was just, like, waiting for someone. They're like, dude, that guy that... Like, it's your turn. I'm like, well, what about this guy? They're like, he doesn't have a hand. And I'm like, oh. And they're like, yeah, it's cool. It happens all the time. You know, little things like that. Um, I went to a restaurant for the first time in well over a year. It was like, you kind of just like fall into old habits. But, you know, I sat down with my friends. I was there. We were all vaccinated. I was there like uh, for the people in the cast that, you know, they may know. It was Jonathan Joe, Brian Basoko, and, and, some, and some other people. And we were there because it was Basoko's uh, birthday also. You, you uh, may remember them from one of our many crushing finals losses in team yeah, opens. They, yeah, they literally beat us a ton. Uh, it was a really cool weekend. I'll get, I'll get to that in just a second. But, you know, like we got to have – I mean, have you heard of these places before? You go down and you sit down. They give you a piece of paper. Well, actually, they didn't use paper for this. All the menus were done with uh, – was a QVC code? You pull out your phone. So they didn't want to hand you anything. You just pull out your phone. It's not you, QVC. That's the shopping what, channel. Whatever it's called. RFID, I think. There's there's a three letter acronym for whatever. What you do is you you, you go to your camera, you let your camera look yeah. at it, and it pulls the menu up on your phone, like everywhere you go. So like there was no menus, so it was pretty cool. You just like sit there and look at your phone, blah blah. blah. Anyway, um, have you heard of these places? You sit down, you do that, and they bring you food, and then you pay them for it, like, and they make you like delicious meals and stuff. It's great. Oh, it's, it's just QR restaurant. code. Yeah, QR code. Yeah, so we, yeah, we sound really really old right now. Yeah, we sound really dumb. Anyway, at least, especially me. So that happens. Um, you know, poker was. I'll say this. I had been told that the live poker games were the best they've like ever been, and I was blown away. I did not get to play a ton while I was there for like seven days, but like you know, two of the days you're traveling, so there were kind of like five days, and I was mostly with my friends. I did get to put in a couple sessions. Some of the best poker, if not the best poker I've ever played overall in Vegas. I don't mean like specifically just me. The games were so good. 
And I'm what talking, defines a good poker game in this respect? Uh, like, like so a lot of times, I've always said that I think in all the places that I've played for a decent enough time, like I've had like a decent enough sample size, right? I've always said that Vegas is probably the hardest I've ever played because on average, you have the most like grinders, you have the most, you know, people like me that are there to play and like win and like they're sharky or whatever you want to call it, whatever phrase you want to say. I'm not saying I'm great, but you get what I'm saying. The like, most spikes. Let's yeah, put it in magic spikes, terminology. Right? Yeah, it's like the difference between FNM and like a PTQ or a Grand Prix. You know, people are there to win, right? And this was like pure FNM the whole way through. It was like people were there having a good time, playing pretty badly overall. So by like, good, you mean action. soft? Yeah, it was soft. There was action. You know, like that was one of the hard. The thing that made Vegas the hardest versus most places was I found it so hard to get a dollar from anyone. You know what I mean? Like people just folded a lot, which is weird because, you know, you always get phrase like, I didn't come all the way to Vegas to fold my hand, which is like fine if you play against tourists. But there's yeah. a lot of local players, you know, and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the games were great. Um, lots of cool things happened. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on social media, but uh, Brian Basoka's girlfriend became his fiance. Oh, wow. I did not see this. I'm yeah, sad I didn't. We got Congrats, to do the Brian. Really, so, yeah, we got to do the really cool thing with this. Uh, me and Job and some other people, we made sure to make this work. Um, there's this thing there called the High Roller, and it's like, if anyone ever knows what the Eye of London is, there's one of those in Vegas now. It's like the giant, giant Ferris wheel thing that has like the, they're like the enclosed little like bubbles, and you know, it like takes like 30 minutes, but you like, you can see all of Vegas when you're up there, and it's really cool. Uh, so we did that where like, we went in there. And without her noticing, because, like, you know, Brian, we're all in on this. Without her noticing, we, like, paid them a little extra to make sure no one else was in our cart. We're like, we just want us. And then on the way up, we uh, we got one of the bar carts, too. Like, our cart had a bar built into it. That's a thing? 30 minutes. Yeah, you could have, like, a bartender with a bar. And so uh, we slipped, like, him or somebody else. We did the, we did the what's what's the joke from how much you're the cool guy handshake? You know, there's always yeah. a guy. And you have, like... <laughs> Ross can see my hand around. You have like, you know, your fingers clipped one where you have like the $100 bill or whatever in your hand. Yeah. We did the cool guy handshake with the guy operating it. And we're like, hey, when we get to the top, slow it down for like two minutes or whatever. And like we told him what's up. And you're like, okay. And uh, I think the video is actually up on Facebook if you're a friend of his or if you know him. It might be on her Facebook or whatever. But he proposes to her at the top of the thing. And you could, and like, you know, we got somebody with the brand newest phone to film it so you could see the whole skyline <laughs> in the background. It's, it's so picture, it's so perfect. It's so picturesque, right? It's beautiful. Um, she obviously said yes, but it was, her reaction was really funny. It was the typical, like, the ones you hear where they're like, they're like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, oh, oh! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I like, thought it was like a joke or is it what's going on? And she's like, oh my God, that's a ring. Yeah, the you confusion know, becomes thing. elation. Yeah, you know, obviously she was like crying and we were all like, yeah, like, oh, nuts, and it's the thing. And like, uh, the, the bartender dude was like right on top of it. He like had shots lined up for us and he popped a bottle of champagne. We were like, it was, yeah. it was good. Oh was yeah. Good. And he knew he was going to get tipped. Well, it, ever, oh, yeah, it was happiness it. all around. Oh yeah. His tip jar was, was, uh, taken care of really well that <laughs> night. I'll tell you that. And, uh, you know, overall the trip was really good. Um, I was, I was quite ready to come home afterwards because like, you know, a week might've been a lot for like the first, you know, foray out, but it felt good. You know, it felt good. Cause like, I don't, I don't even get to go out much here. You know what I mean? Like, it's me and, like, Basoko and, like, one other friend that I trust to, like, be around. And, you yeah. know, I see y'all stuff putting up every weekend where y'all are, like, with, the, you know, the Andersons now at their old home and, like, doing stuff outside. And, like, I'm so jealous. It looks <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. We've been bubbled together for a while. And it's What's been... What's the game called? Can Jam? Can Jam, yes. So, so, okay, so it's, like, these trash can-esque, like, things. And, like, what they're, is it? Yeah, they're, they're pretty small. They're probably about 18 inches in diameter. And it's just a, it's just basically a strip of plastic folded into a cylinder, right? 
and there and there's a slit in the front of it that's maybe trying to make it in five to six inches uh a wide right mm-hmm. so there's th- there's four ways to score it, it, and you set the cans up we set it up in the backyard they're probably about 30 feet apart or yeah. something they're supposed yeah. to be really far we tried doing it like the what it says on the on the you know instructions in a park once and it was really hard yeah. Um, we were just in the backyard and you set it up X feet apart. Our, our drinking and shit, like make the game fun. Yeah. 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 We often play the one hand rule. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, you have to have a beer in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Saying? We, okay, you sure, know, sometimes sure. we do that. Sometimes we don't. Sure. Uh, it took me a second. I was like, oh wait, I get that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's two V two. One person from each team stands at each can. All right. And, and you take turns. So there's a thrower and a receiver or a, a tapper we'll say. And so one person throws the disc and the other person has one chance to tap it. To try to get it into the can. If you do, if you if you tap it into the can, it's three points. That that means the disc comes to rest inside of the can. That's okay. three. If you tap it and the disc glances off the can but makes contact before hitting the ground, that's one point. Okay. If the thrower uh, hits the can but doesn't get it in without any assistance from the tapper, that's two points. Okay. And if the thrower gets it into the can without any assistance, that's game. Oh, it's just game in that yeah. little slit, right? In the slit or over the top. Oh, we, we've we've so uh, the first person to ever do it uh, in a game was Todd, actually, in like the third game he ever played after moving back a couple weeks ago, and he threw this like hook shot. That went high and came back down and went in the top of the can and stayed in. Yeah, and and yeah, and we all went nuts. And Todd's like not entirely sure exactly what happened, but he was like, "Yeah, yeah I'm great," uh, you know. Yeah, and then <laughs> literally later that day, I made one in through the slit. It was the second time it's happened, and then that's again that same day, Travis had one go through the slit, hit the back of the can, and pop out. That's a tilt. Yeah. That's a big tilt. So we've had two successful can jams, one through the slit and one through the top. Uh, and that's over, you know, over two summer or a summer and a half, you know, I, I don't, we've, we've played, we play a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm actually seriously contemplating uh, since like with my new, my newfound freedom, I might just drive up there in the next like two weeks and just you, come up there. Just let us know. And you're welcome. Yeah. I'll eat, I'll eat some food with you guys. We'll play some can jam. We'll just hang out. I'll literally just hang out. It'll be so yeah. much fun. And now the Andersons have their house with the hot tub. Yeah, bring your trunks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I will say, I'm sure it's been getting a lot of use, right? I've, I myself have logged approximately, I would say, 13 hours of hot tub time. There should be y'all should get like and a whiteboard a or something. You should get like a whiteboard and write in like your times, and that way, like, uh, whenever time comes up to do any kind of like maintenance or whatever on it, they can be like, "All right, Ross, you owe us like seventeen dollars per <laughs> for your time." And you're like, "Yeah, fine, gladly." gladly. I am <laughs> against this. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you're going to use it more than they do. Uh, really I, I'm I'm certainly number three on the list, <laughs> and I don't think I'm that far off from them. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be. Super, yeah, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a race. Yes. It, it matters how sick they get of you first. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know um, that uh, they invited me over there literally last night. I, I went after I went out for the first time in X months. We went to bar, I went to bar trivia with some friends, and uh, I went over to their place afterwards. And I have a question. In the house you, for you, a couple hours. And this is not a, a comment for anyone else at home. Please don't get it. Are, are you still wearing a mask? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I am too. Yeah, yeah, de- uh, yeah, definitely. Um, we, we, you know, and we specifically went to a bar 
uh, or brewery that has trivia and outdoor seating. So I was sitting outside still, uh, you know, masked anytime I wasn't actively drinking, uh, you know, like even between sips, you know, I'll just sort of leave it hanging on one ear, drink, reattach. Um, but we won bar trivia, techni- like technically. Um, so th- this place was kind of weird. They did uh, they did two rounds, which is common, and there were winners of each round, which is also a thing I've seen happen. But there was no overall winner. There was no aggregate score, so it was like two separate games. And we took second in round one and first in round two. And I did the math, and we would have won an overall if yeah, had yeah. there been one. Obviously, uh, you did the math. <laughs> yeah. So you know, didn't haven't lost my bar trivia chops. Just showed up, <laughs> crushed it. Uh, speaking of some athletic stuff, you know, we were talking about Ken and Tim here a second ago. I don't know if you saw me kind of go off on Twitter again the other day. I mean, I was... I oh, was... I did, and I've been waiting for whatever this rant is about. Because I already know that you hate Tony La Russa, but... I'm, oh, with I'm a burning re- fucking passion. I'm ready to have it come come out. Okay, so um, anyone who remembers... I mean, like, I think you might remember the one we talked about with Fernando Tatis, where, you know, he swung at a yeah, 3 pitch the bat. grand slam, and people were like, you don't do that. And, like, his manager, like, even said something about it, like, publicly and how mad I was. This one's worse, in my opinion, like way worse. Um, so the other day, the Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota Twins are playing a game. And the Twins are getting shellacked, I think is the correct technical term, shellacked. And I don't remember the exact score. It's like literally like 18 to 5 or something. It's some really bad score. Minnesota's throwing a whole bunch of pitchers. And Minnesota's like, hey, like we don't want to use another pitcher. We'll let one of our position pitchers pitch. And this is something that happens a few times a year in baseball where a team is just getting killed. They, the game's way out of reach, and, like, they don't want to burn another player. So they'll, just, they'll talk to their position players, like, hey, who can throw strikes? Just get up there and, like, try to get three outs, you know, or whatever. Like, don't hurt yourself. Like, they've had players hurt themselves doing this before. But, like, you know, just so we don't have to waste another bullpen guy because we're going to need these guys tomorrow type thing, you know? And so one of the players is like, yeah, I'll go out there and do it. And on a 3-0 count, uh, a guy named Yerman Mercedes for Chicago White Sox swung at a 3-0 pitch that was, that was thrown to him. And hits it out of the ballpark to center field, right? Just hits a bomb to center field. Um, the announcers for the Twins, the team that was losing, I didn't hear the call for the White Sox, but I doubt they said anything about it. But the, the people who were doing the call for the Twins were, like, actively against it. Like, they said a few things that were like, yeah, this is, you know, not baseball, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. You know, most most commentators for sports are generally a lot older, especially for baseball. Yeah. So if everybody at home knows this. I saw um, this clip. Yeah. Um, and for announcers to say something like that, whatever, whatever an announcer has a reaction like this, where they, they're taking their time, they're talking in their head, it's 10 times worse, right? Yeah. Like this dude's pissed and he's tempering everything he says because he's on national TV or whatever. Right. Um, the Chicago White Sox are managed by a man named Tony La Russa. Uh, I believe he's in the hall of fame. I'm pretty sure he's in the hall of fame. Uh, he hadn't coached in like a long time, uh, like Real long, long coaching career with like the the Cardinals won a bunch of World Series. And the Athletics before then, right? And the you Athletics, World Series, yeah, like, the Athletics in the eighties. Yeah, one of the highest winning coaches of all time, right? I hadn't coached in forever. Um, tiny, tiny bit of backstory. I remember when he got hired. Me and everybody else who talk about baseball daily and stuff. I remember messaging my friend. I was like, "Did you see Tony Russo just got hired for the Chicago White Sox?" And the person who broke the story is like Tim Kirchin or something, right? On Twitter, like one of the big one of the big baseball guys. Literally tweets about this, and he goes, and he says, and he goes, "This is not a joke." Like that, that already kind of sets you up for like what you think is going to happen. The White Sox are one of the most culturally diverse and exciting teams in baseball, and here you are hiring like an eighty-year-old white guy who's an asshole. And I was like, "This is going to be bad." 
This is going to be really bad. So totally bad reset as a relic of a bygone era. Yeah. Also, he, he's already had a problem with one of the players on the team before this, too. And like the star shortstop for the White Sox, him and La Russa, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they've already had like a confrontation. So like he's he's coming in already like walking on eggshells, right? So anyway, Larusa afterwards, I, I can't I'm, I'm gonna try to find some of the quotes, but like Larusa afterwards, like pretty much said, This is not how we play baseball. Uh, we're gonna take care of this. He's going to be uh he's gonna be reprimanded within our family, like saying like his player did wrong, right? And then there's a lot of quotes that came out of it afterwards because here's the thing. No one agrees with LaRusa and people keep asking him questions and he keeps doubling down on it because he, he like he like said it. He was like, yeah, I talked to Yerman about it. And Yerman's like, well, that's just who I am. And he's like, that's not who you are on this team or whatever. And like, like, like what? Like, how do you not back up your player? It's like the guy, like when I said, like, I know I'm maybe getting a little angry about it, but if I was the owner of the team or if I was like the president of the team and my manager, like shit talked to one of my players publicly you're you're fired you're just done especially if it was like for you know Fernando Tatis the face of the new like the face of baseball now the best player in the league pretty much like come on man like you can't you can't do that like you can't temper that kid um you know like blah 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 there's a lot to unpack here there's a lot of other quotes I talk about and stuff but the, the biggest thing that pisses me off here is not only is it a relic of a bygone era but it shows literally like I expected there to almost be like a Ricky Henderson type moment here where Ricky Henderson was famous for not knowing his teammates' names because, you know, he went to a <laughs> bunch of teams, played for so long, and he just didn't give a shit, right? He just did his thing, and, like, he left. And I was about to be like, I almost think this guy doesn't know who he's talking about because there's a little bit of backstory here that you didn't know about Yerman. He's a 10-year minor league veteran. This is his first chance to play in the major leagues, right? Every single hit this guy gets, he's having a, an insane year, right? He's going nuts. Every single hit this guy gets, every homer, every RBI is huge for him. Because you know how much money he made last year as a baseball player? Probably like 20K. Yeah, he made about $18,000. Which to And be that fair, was probably looked, prorated because of COVID. Yeah, I looked this up. I looked this up real quick. The average money that a person from his country makes is about eight grand a year. So he's like making a lot for back home. But for a baseball player, he's literally the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Like, you know the joke about the A's payroll? It's like, you know, there's the Yankees, there's everybody else, there's a mile of shit, shit and then there's yeah, us. Yeah, from Moneyball. Like that, that, that's him. That, that's him making money. And this kid is still a while off of making money, too, because, like, he's got to go through, like, the shitty arbitration stuff that goes on with baseball. Like, hopefully they give him a raise or whatever. But, like, every single thing this guy does positive on the field is huge for him, his family, and his financial future. And for Larusa to come out and say stuff like, that's not how we play, that's not how, like, for you to not understand what it means to your player, like, just shows a gross, like, just, I don't know, like, a, a cognitive dis, like, just, you're you're so removed from the, yes. like, the He's player Out of touch with person. reality. Yeah, you're so removed from that player being an actual human being and what it means to them, and you're so, uh, like, clutching pearls at what baseball meant to you in the 80s in the seventies that like, I'm just like, you're actually just a horrible human being. Like that is a, that is a person over there trying to do things. And like, here's the other thing. This, this has happened a lot on social media. Keep people keep like trying to destroy him on Twitter. Cause he's like, yeah, you're going to reprimand this guy, but you got real, real quiet on your second DUI you got last year. Cause LaRusa actually has had two DUIs recently. So he's like literally putting people's lives in jeopardy and getting arrested for it. And like not publicly apologizing or saying anything but you're going to reprimand one of your own players publicly for playing baseball. Here's an idea. If you don't want players doing this, get them out. Don't get a three O counts pitch better. Don't lose this badly or get the fuck over it. 
because this is the game. This is the way baseball is going to be in the future. You're wondering why your average view of a baseball game is 50 years old. Or me. You know, this is the 36-year-old 30, who just can't stop watching games and gets aggravated every time and stuff. And, like, just literally goes crazy on Twitter whenever someone says the word bunt. You know, I think everybody <laughs> knows about this. Bunt is a four-letter <laughs> word to me. It's I just get real mad when someone says bunt. But it, it literally, it, it just shows you what's wrong with the game and why it's dying. And, like, why it's just so amazingly unpopular with today's youth and that's why you know the game is 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 is, is i don't know if drowning is the right word because they're still making a ton of money and stuff but like the game's hurting compared to what it was like you know 20 30 years ago where it was the most popular game in america now it's it's it might not even be top two it's right behind you know football and basketball now yep yeah, basketball's ratings have been pretty bad recently so i don't know you know there's a lot of factors that go into that but i would yeah i wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. like it, it's just I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm trying to find, like, some of the quotes, and, like, I should have I had them bookmarked because it was, like, you know, all over my Twitter yesterday, but, like, the comments he made... Oh, like, one of the Chicago White Sox pitchers came out in defense of his teammate. You know, he's like, he's like hey, yeah, like, that's that guy. It's great. You keep doing you kind of thing. And that comment got mentioned to Larusa, and Larusa said something along the lines of... Um, it, was, it was a guy named Lance Lynn. He's like, Lance Lynn, uh, he has a locker. I have an office. Who do you think matters here? Or something like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like literally just like, uh, I don't want to use the phrase that I was about to use there, but like he just big timed like one of his best, like one of his best players in their huge acquisition offseason. Off like, here's the thing. If you, if you stay there as a coach, like people are not going to want to come play for you and stuff like that. Like you're, you're going to hurt this team in franchise. And like this team is in first place is playing great. They've lost two of their best players for the year and they're still doing like amazing. They're still doing great. This team like, also hasn't been good in, like, over a decade, right? Yeah, they won a World Series in, I think, like, 06. Oh, it was 05. It was, it was, year, after, it was the year after the the Red Sox. Yeah, they swept They swept the the White Sox. I mean, sorry, they swept the Astros, and it was, like, the most dominant, dominating starting pitching performance the World Series has ever seen. Like, their starters averaged, like, eight innings or something like that. Like, they literally didn't use their bullpen. It was the, – the, the Astros just got utterly, like, torched or whatever. This is when the Astros were still a National League team, if I remember right. I'm who was, pretty who was on that White Sox team? Like, Paul Canerco? It was like Paul Canerco, but um, I'm trying to remember, like, the... the I think uh, it was, like, Burley... God, you know, we can look this up later. This, this is not something we need to, you know, do time for. Like, Freddie Garcia, maybe? and stuff. Like, their, their starting step was good, but they, like, really turned it on in yeah. the uh, in the postseason. Like, they, they torched everyone in the postseason with that, or whatever. Anyway, um, we're, like, pretty far into the show already, and, like, we haven't gotten too much. But it's just one of those things where, like, I don't I don't know, man. Like, it just angers me because, like, how do you just not see beyond yourself? But, like, I get it. I mean, LaRusso's, like, an 80-year-old white dude. Like, he's just – he's never going to learn. He's so set in his ways. I mean, um, I had, like, actually talked to, uh, to P. Sully about this quite a bit because, like, you know, he and I talk sports and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he made a good point because I, I, I talked about this too, is when he was hired – for the White Sox, it didn't. It made sense to me that he that he would get hired because their owner is of the same ilk, is what I would like to put. You know, it's the guy that also owns the Chicago Bulls. It's like Jerry Krause or whatever. Yeah, I think it, or whatever. And uh, you know, Pizzolo told me he was like, "No way you hire Larusa to coach this team unless you were giving him on a pass on exactly this kind of shit." And I was like, "Yep, not surprised," because you know, I've, I've said that I was like, you know, if. if if I was like running some kind of thing, even if it was like a business or whatever, and someone does this, I'd just be like, yeah, you're just gone. Like you, this is not the kind of work environment I want. This is not the kind of family I want with people here. Like this is unacceptable. Like you're just gone. You're done. You know, kind of thing. Like, or at least give them like a very stern warning. And I'm like any inkling of this again, and you're done. 
and like you're you're going to you know some kind of class you know what i mean like a you should probably go to dui class but b you should probably go to some you know sensitivity training or something like you know if if, if, if you see this and your first in, your first in, inclination is to belittle your own player also like when he did that like you know he like apologized to the twins later said we made a mistake the twins still threw at the guy the next day like that's that you like gave them permission to do that as well which like by the way i I don't agree with that shit either like you you don't i unwritten rules are kind of stupid the game polices itself overall is kind of stupid i i've seen some instances where i'm like not as against throwing at a player as I am at other ones. Also, they threw it like his butt and they threw it behind him. You know what I mean? Like, don't ever throw it like above the waist, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Like, let's not let's not hurt people. I'm not trying to say that's ever a good thing. But sometimes you got to send a message to protect your people. And I, I get that, you know, like, you know, we had a problem with that. The Braves had a problem with that. The Marlins a few years ago where like they hit Acuna like five times in a season. And it's like at some Jesus. point, like you at some point you have to do something. You know what I mean? At some point you're like, like this, this has to stop. Like you're going to hurt this kid, and kind of stuff. But anyway, um, yeah. Just overall, obviously, makes me just super angry, and like, I just do not get it. It just blows my mind that they, they get away with this kind of stuff. Like, baseball is an old boys club. Always can you have. imagine the? Co- I, I I literally I, I you've said his name a million times. I keep forgetting. Uh, can you imagine if like, well, what was it? It was Jerry Sloan during the 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 good the good years a couple years ago, right? With the Jazz. Jerry Sloan like, retired in 2011. That's what I'm saying. But, like, can you imagine if, like, Malone had a bad night and Jerry Sloan just, like, shit on him in the press or something? Or if he did something, like... Have you have you heard the story about Jerry Sloan when he retired? Just, well, like, here, here's the thing. I knew as soon as I said it, like, this is going to be a bad example because probably something happened or whatever. But can you imagine someone doing that nowadays? Like, LeBron misses a three and the guy's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have let LeBron shoot that. You know, like, just put throws him under the bus, like, whatever. Like Jerry anyway. Sloan threatened to fight Kenyon Martin. On the court All right. in like All right. 2000. He, he was a 70-year-old man. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> There's been some instances of coaches and players getting into physical altercations. I'll tell you this. It's never been good for the coach, ever. Dude, J- Look at you, PJ Carlinson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're lucky to be alive. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, we don't have to keep ranting about it, but it's just it's just one of those things that severely pisses me off. And, like, it's it's... It's the reason why people don't want to watch baseball. Like, you know, like one of them, it's one of them, obviously. But like, this is a big marketing problem you have with the game. Like people from the outside see this guy hit a home run and he's like excited and he's happy about it. And then later you're like, oh, he wasn't supposed to do that. Why? Like, I'm so in any other sport, is there a time where you're supposed to go easier on your opponent? This has happened in Magic too, right? Like we've gotten the community has gotten mad at people for celebrating like at the table when they know at, you know win an important match and it's like the other guy he's standing right there like you can't do that to him. It's like, Go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah, like I remember when you won your open with Phoenix, you like very demonstratively got up and fist pumped and like that's a little different. You know, you're yeah. won the tournament, that's pretty big. Your opponent's probably happy just to be in the finals. It sucks they lost. You know, like blah blah blah. I've never you know. One of the ones, one of the finals we lost, our uh, our opponents. Uh, what's the phrase? Popped off. You know, like where you know, like they jumped up out of their seat and they're like, "Let's go!" And something like, "I'm telling you right now, if I ever win an open, especially a team one, you are going to hear it every corner of that goddamn room. Uh, I'm, I'm going to al- be loud." <laughs> I'm also letting you know, I don't even remember that happening. So if anybody found that like offensive to us for oh, whatever yeah. reason, you know, I do not remember them doing that. But sure, let no, you know, let people celebrate. 
dude, I was super happy for them. You know, like, yeah. I was like, I, I shook their hands. I was like, Hey man, congrats, you know, kind of thing. And like, it, it, you know, I've done it before myself. I remember I won a match to get into a top eight of, a, of an open. And like, I turned around and like fist pumped real fast. And I saw that my opponent saw it. And I, I felt the need to apologize. And I'm like, after I thought about it, I was like, man, I'm allowed to be happy. You know, like yeah. I'm allowed to be excited. Cause like, cause like, you know, it was, it was a crazy thing. It was like, I think it was my first top eight with Tron in an open. And it was like my winning in. And I'm like, not sure what I'm having to play against. And my opponent's playing literal like uh, Ponza. So I beat the like four stone rain, four blood moon main deck after getting yeah, I had to make Tron four different times in game one win or something like that. Like I was just like, oh, it was the most it, ridiculous. Isn't thing that the seen. maximum number of times that you could make Tron? I don't want to, I don't want to answer that, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah. I guess not. They could keep blowing up different pieces, right? Yeah. They, they blew up a different piece like here or there, but I literally had to like keep getting Tron, you know, like over and over again. And like, I was pretty excited to win that match. Cause it's just like, Oh, you know, like I'm just cruising through this tournament, but I still have to win my last match. And my opponent just goes like forest uh, utopia sprawl. And I'm like, Oh no! <laughs> off of, off of like a wooden foothills or whatever. I'm like, this is not good. Like this is never good for me. And the next turn, he's like, you know, I play my land, and it's so funny. He like, I see him put a land in play, tap tap his two lands. He goes make green off of a you know forest forest, and I just grab both my lands and kind of shift him up. I'm like, which which one do you want? Which one's getting stoned? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like where where are we going here? It kind of thinks so. Uh, you know, and I got pretty excited about winning a match and like that guy and I are actually friends now, you know, like anytime I see him at an event, like, you know, we always chat and stuff and blah, 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 but you're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to celebrate. I mean, like there's always, you know, you can always go over the top, right? You know, like yeah. there's, there's, there's definitely times where it's too much or it, it, it's in, it's in bad taste, but like, we don't have to be. We don't have to be sort you don't have to be made out of stone. Yeah. Like for, for the most part, the the line that we have set is too far in the other direction. Like, you know, in the in the NBA, people get like technical fouls for taunting after making a big shot or dunking on someone. And every time it happens, no fan, no media member is like, Yeah, that was a good technical. He shouldn't have done that. They're all just like, That was fucking stupid. Just let them play basketball, you know. They've actually loosened up on uh, on football the last few years. They've let, they're letting them celebrate a little more. Like they're they actually tightened a little bit in college football. He, you, like they tightened up the taunting stuff. But in in the NFL overall, they definitely have like a, a wider berth on like what's allowed for celebratory stuff. Are they allowed to do uh, uh, team end zone dances again? Yes, and they are amazing. It's like actually yeah. one of my favorite things to see them do the like the coordinated. Yeah, anything. Terry Bradshaw used to give out an award in the '90s for the best one at the end of the season. Yeah. Because yeah, there's been some, like, really, really good ones. You know, like, some actually, like, really good ones. And I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, do you want to get into some some magic talk? I guess we yeah, could do that. Was, yeah. So uh, there there was a big announcement today, even though we kind of got slow-rolled a little bit. So <laughs> We got people... slow-rolled real hard. We got slow-rolled worse than I slow-rolled Corey on Versus a couple weeks ago. Okay, I got I to gotta see this. but Oh, you uh, haven't seen that? No, I need to. Oh um, my god! I yeah, let me see. I need to, did him I need to, dirty. All right, I need to see this in actual great. video form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you after the show. Okay. Uh, so uh, we kind of knew that something was coming, and everybody kind of knew what it was going to be in a way. Uh, you know, they had a web page set up where it would be for the um, where it would be for like you know the the banned and restricted announcements, and you couldn't get access to it. So people for the last day or two or three have been saying, oh, we're getting a ban on Monday. And we did. And everybody kind of figured it was going to be from Historic. And everybody figured it was going to be from the Pact deck. But not everyone knew what card was going to go. Everybody kind of thought it was just going to be Pact itself. And it looks like we're going to get to keep that one. But Thassa's Oracle itself is banned now in Historic. Um, 
Overall, I'm pretty happy about this. I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna let you go in about two seconds because this is one of the cards that like it, it, it hits that it hits that layer that I talk about that I kind of hate with magic cards where this card has never done anything fair ever, right? Like you think about the two big ways it shines so far in in like constructed magic. The two biggest ways it's here in historic, and then it dominated pioneer for a while. Like actually dominated. It was the best deck hands down. You know, it like won, it won, like it did, it did absurd results in those little regional pro tours that we had for like a, a yeah. minute or two. And, you know, it, it got taken out of that format and now it's taken out of this one. And it, it's almost in in the vein of the cards like Uro and Oko where I'm like, just take them out of everything. Act like these cards did, did not happen. Just admit that you fucked up yeah. and let's move it's on. Okay. It's okay. We all mess up. It's okay. Like. Some of us swing at 3-0 fastballs, you know, like, it, it happens. 47-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastballs. Yeah. That was the other thing. It was just literally a lollipop. Like, what's he supposed to do? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, but how do you feel overall about this? I'm com- obviously completely okay with it. I think it needed to happen. I think it's good for the format, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I think one part of the combo, at least one, needed to be banned. We did a whole gauntlet show on Tuesday and Versus, and the deck just felt unbelievably good. Um, you know, and so the, and the, we have the Strixhaven, you know, set championship coming up. So that's a big thing to not want to, you know, to keep the format fresh for that tournament, uh, especially with this new historic anthology. Now you give a lot of those cards a chance to shine, make an impact in that tournament. I think ultimately, you know, really good. The only question is, you know, which one should you ban? I think, you know, from Watsy's side, they almost always go for, banning the card that was printed least recently <laughs> uh and so in this case that that becomes fast as oracle they justified it by saying you know we think this card is going to continue to be problematic in the future and i think they're right about that but i think you could make the same case for tainted pact tainted pact is you know a demonic tutor in the right shell and we've seen the the downside of playing all singleton in a format as large as historic is not as big as you might think. You know, there's plenty of overlap. You can play one eliminate, one heartless act, one blood chief thirst, one fatal push, one thoughtsies, one inquisition cause like one duress. You know, one sensor, one memory lapse, all of, all of those different counter spells and removal spells and discard spells, and you know, uh, they even got to you know fit in Luris as a companion in some of the lists as well, uh, and even further deck building restrictions. So. To me, Tainted Pact is definitely still a card that has this same issue. Uh, so hopefully, they're you know keeping that sort of on their watch list. And uh, you know, if it becomes problematic in the future, then you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I know people are, are probably going to try to do something with Tainted Pact and Jace. Uh, you know, the, the other piece of the Inverter combo, and uh, you know maybe that. Uh, becomes good. I'm pretty sure that that's not actually executable on the arena interface, which is hilarious. Uh, and when I say hilarious, I mean tragically sad. Um, well, I guess yeah. I'm am sort of fine with either one. I just think it's weird that they made that justification for Thassa's Oracle because I think that can be made for either card, so it doesn't really separate the two in my mind. Um, for me though, like. I gotta agree with everything you say, and the the way I'm thinking about it, the way I, I kind of like I, I did it is like I I think the they're both super problematic cards, right? Like you're right. Um, Thassa's Oracle definitely constricts um, like you know design space in the future. You need know, to start thinking about stuff like that, and that's not something they want to do. They don't like backing themselves in corners with stuff like that. 
as for Pact itself, I do think that it probably will end up, you know, at some point in time possibly coming out, unless it just kind of like fades away. But I actually think that, you know, there's a better way of doing it with this card. And maybe this is one of their justifications where they're like, look, we can get rid of Thassa's Oracle. This kind of fixes the problem right now. If they figure something else out, you know, blah, 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 we'll, we'll just take Pact away too. But, you know, with waiting on Pact, you can also kind of wait till, you know, they said that they were like, look, all these cards besides, you know, a few of them are going to be legal and historic from the anthology set, but we're going to keep an eye on them. So, like, maybe they're still keeping their eye on this card and possibly, you know, like, a couple more. So, we're in the future, if they're like, all right, we want to get rid of this anthology card, too, then we could be like, all right, now we're going to get rid of a few of the anthology cards that proved to be just a little too powerful, a little too problematic. And then it's all in, like, one thing, you know what I mean? All in one go. Yeah, yeah just that makes some sense. It's like a little cleaner, and like this gives people a chance to play with, you know, a powerful card that might be good enough for the format. You know, it might not be horrible for the format going forward. And like I said, the other card just like Thassa's Oracle, just, it's never done anything remotely fair. I mean, neither has Tainted Pact, honestly, but like, you know, maybe we can make some cool, fun decks, you know, with it with a bunch of singleton cards no. and stuff. But so you, we'll you're never you're never casting that card for the first trigger. You're like two two mana one three, you know, scry whatever. And it's it's actually probably a worse ability than Scry X, yeah. for whatever Oracle does, because you can only ever keep one of the cards. Yeah, and you know, as you Scry more, the likelihood that you want to keep multiple cards on top becomes higher, right? Uh, you know, at Scry two, it's probably about the same. Actually, it's still it's still worse, right? You have fewer options even at two than you do with Scry two. You can't leave both on top. You can leave one on top, either one. You can put both on the bottom if you want. So it's it, so even at even at yeah so it's just strictly worse than scrying actually, um, and so like you know no one's putting Omen Speaker in their deck, you know uh, maybe if you're a, a hardcore devotion deck I think some lists with like Nyx Lotus have, have tried to play it or whatever, uh, but the, you know the, uh, those decks haven't been good so that should be telling. So yeah, like the, the card is obviously just a win condition for decks that you know eliminate their own library and that's you know. Turns out a pretty easy fucking thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Inverter. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned the new historic anthology cards, and I kind of wanted to mention that for a second, because there's some interesting ones coming up that could possibly have a little bit of an impact. I think I'm going to read off the card real quick, because it's a small amount of ones. It's um, Ancient Grudge, Atarka's Command, Court Humunculus, Dragonstorm, Dramoka's Command, Elish Norn, Grizzly Salvage, Icker Wellspring, Intangible Virtue, Into the North, Jin Kataxis, Coligan's Command, Murphic Looter, Ojitai's Command, uh, Ray Revelation, Relic of Progenitus, uh, Reverse Engineer, Sheholdred, uh, the Whispering One, uh, Slumgar's Command, uh, Stifle, Trash for Treasure, Urbrask, the Hidden, Vault Scourge, Vorinclex, the older Vorinclex, the, the Praetor one, and Whirler Rogue. Um, to me, like some, like, you know, I've heard some people talk about Stifle. I don't see this card ever being good in this yeah. format or, it, or like it would it's should good against Thassa's Oracle but that's yeah. not a problem anymore <laughs> yeah and like I'm just like going through the list and like I see cards like Ancient Grudge could maybe show up in some sideboards if like you know cards can cast it and there's artifacts that are good in the format which you know we've seen like you know cage and stuff be very important in the format and like you know slowing down some of the more degenerate decks so that's just a good um just a good like sideboard card Atarkas Command is one that's interesting that could maybe make you know, a red-green, like, Gruul aggro deck be even better, because we've seen Gruul put up some decent results in Historic, and this card is just very good, but it's generally better for, like, a cheaper go-wide strategy, but maybe there's enough, like, prowess-type creatures that, so you know, this card is just good I, I actually wrote about Atarka's Command and its potential in Historic this week, 
that's you know I think the card is good. I do think you have to reimagine the Gruul deck that we have, but it's obvious that Burning Tree Emissary and Atarkas Command are best friends, right? That should be pretty clear. So we we've already got a good start. There's probably yeah. no creature in all of Magic that is better with Atarkas Command than Burning Tree Emissary. <laughs> So point, if yeah. your best friend is in the format, you've got a good start. There is a uh, Soulscar Mage as a prowess creature. Uh, I, I've always liked Bomat Courier in decks like this because you're usually very heavy red. And so oftentimes if you don't have a two drop, you're only using the red mana off Burning Tree Emissary. And Bomat Courier gives you a castable one drop off the green mana. Uh, you know, also just you know, a good way to generate cards when you're emptying your hand quickly, which Atarkas Command decks often do. Chandra Acolyte of Flame is an interesting one. You know, can, can generate multiple tokens to four Tarkus Command each turn. Like, it insulates you against sweepers. The minus three lets you double up on a Tarkus Command on some turns. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I have a couple lists uh, in that article exploring a Tarkus Command. And you, These we, sound fun. Yeah, and we really haven't seen a successful red deck in Historic. You know, right. the, the Boros, it took a while to get a successful red deck in Pioneer, and eventually the Boros, you know, Wizard Burn deck uh, became the default. There have been some others... There are, the prowess decks in uh, modern are you know among the most successful decks in the format and have been for months now, uh, but historic really has been a you know a, it's been a a hard go for uh, the branded Burtons of the world. Uh, I've seen him play <laughs> a lot of Gruul and a lot of other decks in historic, and Tarkov's command might give him a, a reason to be a lot more red heavy, which I'm sure he would enjoy. Yeah, I'm not sure I see Dragonstorm doing anything. Um, Elishnor can maybe well, show up somewhere. I, I was thinking about Dragonstorm with the four mana spell that makes seven, and you're only able to cast one more spell after it, but it still only Iron makes Craig seven. Iron feet or something? Yeah, Iron, Iron Craig, Craig feet, feet, yeah. So yeah. you got to somehow get to six mana, and there's, yeah, there's not really other mana generators, yeah. but I guess there's Grinning Ignis. So if you went turn three Grinning Ignis, and then turn four, you could then Dragonstorm for two with just feet and Dragonstorm. Um, but, like... Yeah, that that doesn't seem good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, not one that I'm looking at, and I kind of got my eye my eyeballs on, and I'm like kind of worried about this one in the future, and it could be like a sneaky one. Is Iker Wellspring? That's another card that, if some kind of you know rocky combo artifact deck exists, you know, kind of like eggs or anything in the past, this is a card that's gonna you're gonna see as a four of in it, and it's gonna be a role player. Yeah, uh, could be cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking a lot at Trash for Treasure, and Iker Wellspring is a cool card with Trash for Treasure, and we do have Faithless Looting in the format now. So I don't know what artifacts there are, but I like the idea of curving turn one looting, turn two Iker Wellspring, turn three Trash for Treasure, my Iker Wellspring. You know, even if you counter my Trash for Treasure, I've generated card advantage, I've you yeah. know set up my draws, uh, and maybe I can operate on a fair level at that point, but I've got this over-the-top game plan as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, that Ancient Grudge is looking a lot better once we're talking about these things. So. <laughs> Dude, Ancient um, Grudge by Iker Wellspring all day. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? If, if they've been Iker Wellspring, yeah, yeah. Deck, you're going to have other targets. We, we can't get Worm Coil Engine. I don't think that, you know, though maybe we can. I have no fucking clue what cards are in Historic, so. Yeah, we, we could play that game. Well, is this legal in Historic? <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, uh, Colagon's Command is a card that has a really long pedigree of being a just all-star card in constructive formats. I mean, we see this card still getting played in Legacy at some points and stuff now. Good one for the Rakdos Arcanist decks to destroy Grafdigger's Cages. Yeah, and, you know, Return Arcanist or something maybe yeah. as well. Like, lots of cool things, you know, lots of cool things you can do yeah. here. The, the other modes just make it a good card in your deck, and then it, on top of it, it is also, you know, performing a necessary role. 
And it's really nice when your anti-hate cards are also just good value cards for your deck. Because that means you'd never get got by the situation where you drew your anti-hate card, but your opponent didn't draw their hate card. You can just cash into your Coligan's Command to do other profitable things. Relic of Progenitus, another card that stands out. Uh, just a good sideboard Don't say the word Progenitus around me. Yeah, sure. Uh, Relic. <laughs> just, a good, just a good sideboard card. Uh, you know, I've played this card a million times in my lifetime. Really cool, good sideboard card. Nothing really else to say there. Um, if there is like an artifact deck, uh, so Reverse Engineer got put into the format, and this is a card. It's so for people at home that might not remember what this one is, it's three blue, blue, draw three cards, sorcery, but it has improvise. And we, we, we're getting close with cards like Icar Wellspring, this, like even possibly like Paradoxal Outcome with like, you know, uh, with, with the mocks and some other stuff. Like, we're getting close to there possibly being a deck. The only thing I think that's going to hold this back is, A, it's probably missing a few things. B, it's probably impossible to play on Arena because of the timing interface that we saw, you know, people having problems with a pack. You might run out of time on your turn. Love it when the interface of my program stops me from playing certain decks. It's great. I enjoy it very much. And um, last but not least, like, some of these other cards could possibly show up. You know, like Vault Scourge, maybe we're going to start seeing... We see, you see Vault Scourge and you see Court of Uncle, it's like, maybe there's an artifact deck in the future, but I don't know. People uh, have tried Tempered Steel and Historic. I'm yeah. sure those cards will trick people into trying it again. Yeah, we could play some Scissors, maybe. You know, kind of like that deck that was good in Pioneer for a little while. There's no one sole artifact in, in Historic. Yeah, well, there's there's other versions of it. There's like a three-mana version of it. I don't. Is Skilled stuff. Animator in Historic? Oh, Skilled Animator and I think, what is it, Tezzeret's Touch or whatever? The, the blue-black one? I that. think is 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 in as well. Let's see. Let's see. I, I think that got printed game. in. Uh, I think they got printed in the 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 anthology okay, so of Amonkhet or whatever. Skilled animator is legal and historic. Okay, so it's one for one. Are we one? For, are we two for two? Tezzeret's touch is legal and historic. Wow, oh, so Tannen, you impressive. are crushing what's in historic. Uh, look, I, I hope people at home listening to this in your car or whatever you're listening to, I hope you realize how impressive that just was just now. Like, I feel like I just won the lottery. Like, I actually feel like I don't know if I could come off this high anytime soon. I might not be able to sleep tonight. We might as well end the show. We must, yeah, I mean, shit. <laughs> It's all and, downhill uh, the here. last one, Whirler Road could show up somewhere, hopefully never in a finals against us ever again, but uh, <laughs> everybody gets that joke. But, you know, Whirler Road is a card that if, you know, there's a if there's a human deck at some point, or some deck that, like, you know, likes creatures like this, it, it's a cool top end to have as, like, a way to get through damage and, you know. Yeah, it, it might show damage. up once every two years. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's a thing that, like, in, in my pile of magic cards that I own, I still have, like, you know, two or three of them sitting there just in case, you know, like, just ready to go, you know, kind of thing. And speaking of the future of, of uh, formats and like what you hope for it, we mentioned earlier in the show that Modern Horizons Two is coming. It sounds ominous, right? It's like winter is coming, Ross. You know, Modern Horizons Two is coming. That's a Game and, of Thrones reference, right? Uh, the the winter is coming. Yeah. Coming. Yes. Yes. But um, I know things. Over, you drink and you know things. I'm aware. This is this is who you are. It's what I do. That was that was also a Game of. Thrones. I know that, but that's because people yeah, tell it to me. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're Tyrion. Anyway, um, for, for me overall, I hope that... I, I have some hopes for the thing, right? And I, I'm going to talk about this in reference to Modern Horizons 1. I hope that it has as much or almost as much of an impact on Modern as the first Modern Horizons did. And before anyone takes that weirdly, uh, Modern Horizons 1 had a huge impact on Modern, right? Like it spawned like new decks, like lots of cool new things. I just wanted to maybe happen in a slightly different way where we don't need to ban a bunch of cards from it. 
You know, like, maybe they're not that powerful. Because, like, I'll say this. The cards that we're seeing so far, like, uh, Counterspelling ain't it for me. I know you and Todd got to talk about it for a while. That, that ain't it for me. I, yeah, I don't think it it's It wasn't it for us either. I don't think, like, it's not going to, it's not going to all of a sudden turn your deck good. Yeah. Your, your, your deck that didn't have Counterspell before, like, it's not, like, Amanda Leak might actually just be better in a lot of the formats, just so you know. But, um, for, for me, I, I, I'll say this. If you get a, if you get a card or cards in it that help, like, a new archetype be spawned or a new deck be spawned without inherently breaking it, right? Like, we don't have, like, Urza or, like, Rin and Six, you know, some cards that are just absurd or something yeah. like that. Which, again, I'm fine with powerful cards. I, I say this all the time. So it's a statement that I always have about, like, Watsi. I would rather a company that makes some mistakes than never makes any mistakes because then you're not taking enough chances, right? But that's my hope overall. I hope the format gets, like, shaken up. Even though it looks like, you know, Modern's in a pretty good spot, but we've had the same decks for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get some support for aggressive decks that are not prowess slash shadow. So you uh, need, like, another, like, under-costed ag- aggressive creature. Yeah, I, I think a lot of those decks got pushed out by the power of Renin 6 and, to a lesser extent, Plague Engineer. You don't see many Plague Engineers, but that's mostly because Renin 6 was enough to push those decks out anyway. And if they got, you know, like different tribal aggro decks popped up, you would see more Plague Engineers. Um, you know, the, the format, I think getting fairer was overall pretty good. The gameplay of the format is, is solid, but... Um, you know, as far as the decks that I like to play, I think Modern Horizons 1 ultimately hurt them. So I'm being, you know, self-interested here, hoping to see a l- little bit less boost to the, you know, reactive control decks, which got a lot of help with, you know, Force of Negation, Archmage's Charm, Ren and Six, uh, just to name a few, and really uh, boosted them up to, you know, I'd like to see, you know, decks like Humans get a boost. Me, I, I think... Yes. Um, you know, there's been talk, uh, about Rishidan port that one I was initially, uh, down on, but now I'm kind of interested in it. I had the exact same, exact same reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, I like death and taxes style decks, but I think in order to be good, they're going to have to get rid of Leonin Arbiter. (laughs) Um, Leonin Arbiter just isn't a very good magic card. Um, and so well, they need, got, you know, they're, they're getting, they are getting Sanctum Prelate as well, which is, which yeah, is a step yeah. in, the, in the right direction. Sanctum so. Prelate, they've gotten Elite Spellbinder recently. Uh, you know, they actually are decks that work okay with Yorian because Yorian works really well with the Vile. Um, and I think I've been telling you, like, I want to see a deck that has these cards, like all these taxing effects. And then like, you're also playing uh, Thought Not Seer, like the Eldrazi and Taxes type decks possibly as well, because these cards all work well with Displacer as well. I, I don't think they're that far off. I think, we, you know, a Death and Taxes deck that doesn't actually play the death part, um, or <laughs> at least sure. plays the death part with Rishid and Port instead of with, with Ghost Quarter and Leon and Arbiter, uh, will end up being better. Those decks will also be much more uh, able to splash a color because they can put some fucking fetch lands in their deck like a real human being. Um, so that, that's kind of, that's what I'm hoping to get some boost out, out of uh, out of the format. Um, the other, I'd also like to see boot, uh, a boost to, you know, for lack of a better term, I'll say Delver strategies, but like blue aggressive strategies, which have basically never been good in modern. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's going to be hard. Modern is the format that is most hostile to them because there is just such a density of good to cheap removal and enough decks that force 
uh, everyone to put a lot of them in, you know, the creature combo decks that are so common, whether it's, uh, you know, Heliod now or Devoted Devastation in the past or Infect or uh, Hammer Time or, you know, there's there's several others you could list through. Uh, you know, people have to put good creature removal uh, and even, you know, answering the, the shadows and prowess creatures of the world is really important. So, you know, you, you see decks are playing six, seven, one mana removal spells, and that makes Delver strategies, you know, uh, pretty, especially with the card Delver of Secrets, pretty untenable. So I'd like to see a boost to those as well to see if they can actually compete in modern for basically the first time ever. I don't know if you saw the huge grin on my face when you mentioned that, but oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's yeah, that's your jam. Well, you know, I was like thinking along these things. It's a joke that I always make when people are like, you know, what card do you want to see like unbanned in modern? And I always say Delver of Secrets, and they're always like, well, that card's not banned. I'm like, is it? Is it? <laughs> you know, are you sure? Because yeah. it feels like it is. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. And, um, you know, the thing for me when I think about that, and I've heard you talk about this too, is one card that I'm interested in, always interested to talk about in this format, and I, I think it would shake the format up quite a bit, is can they give us days? Yeah. I think that, I honestly think they can. People have, have reacted to it pretty poorly to me, and I don't really understand why. Like, people are playing lots of cheap spells. You know, if there they're, are reactor decks that are playing really long games. You know, if your Tron opponent goes Tron Wormcoil Engine, your days looks embarrassing. <laughs> um, you know, the, there's, you know, yeah, days is going to be really good sometimes, but it's also going to be bad sometimes. It's not just, you know, days is a kind of card in Legacy. People board it out on the draw all the time. They're wrong, but yeah, go ahead. Sure. You know, maybe you disagree, but that, like they, they do things like that. Um, I I sided with you, by the way. I, I didn't board out my days as all that often on the draw. Um, I actually viewed them as even more important because I needed more free spells to catch up. So, uh, but the, like, you know, this is not, this is not force of will. You know, I, I think it would, you know, it wouldn't be, it also wouldn't be a card that you see in like the blue, you know, Archmage's charm decks, right? Yeah. And it's like, it, I like the thing you just said here. It's not force of will because we don't have force of will and people are gonna say, Oh, but force of negation. And like, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're playing a Delver Secrets deck, you don't just automatically jam in four Force of Negation with your four Dazes like you do for Force of Will, because the flexibility of, like, the, the free spell is what makes it so broken, right, in Legacy. Like, you don't have to keep committing mana to it. Like, you can keep casting your Ponders and stuff, and you don't have that option in Modern. Like, you know, you don't have Ponder, you don't have Preordain, and, like, you don't have Force of Will, so if you time your spells well against them, they don't get to free Force of Negation, you know, right? Yeah. And so, like, yeah. In, in aggressive decks, you also have just have less room for reactive cards in general. So you need the reactive cards you do play to be more wide-ranging. And so you get caught by Force of Negation only targeting non-creature spells more often than you otherwise would. Because you don't have the other counter spell that's also in your hand. Instead, you add a Delver of Secrets or a Young Pyromancer or some other threat. Or you had like a Ponder because you need a higher density of those cheap cantrips. And like that found you an extra land that you didn't really want. Uh, you know, anything like that uh, can also happen. So, yeah, you know, Force of Negation would be in the deck in some capacity, but it's certainly not, you know, an auto for include. But, you know, like, I don't, like, if if those decks are completely unplayable right now, I, I highly doubt that four days is going to make them broken. <laughs> like, right? It's hard for a deck to go from unplayable to completely broken without getting, you know, a key card the way that like you know fastest oracle made inverter broken and pioneer right without you know sort of completing a combo and that you know that deck was broken for other reasons um 
So, you know, I, I don't see days having a, a negative impact in modern at all. I think it would have a net positive impact, if any. Um, so that, that to me is a no brainer, but I'm, uh, I'm not holding my breath. Oh yeah. I don't think you should. Um, I have a really random thing that I hope for from this set and it's never going to happen, but it's something that I wish would happen. Uh, I want to see Luris get banned. It starts with that. Oh, yes. You, you ban yes. Luris. You print some number of companions in, in Modern Horizons 2 and you revert the rule. Wait, I I have one more point about days before oh, we I'm get sorry. get into this. Sorry, I I it just came to me, so don't worry. Yeah, sure. But my my point is, I'm also sick and tired of people casting Nivmizit and Bring Delight in any format, yeah. and I just yeah. want to punish people for tapping out for five mana spells. Like, go mm-hmm. fuck yourself. You shouldn't be able to do that with impunity the way you've been doing. And I just yeah. I want to get them so badly. Yeah. So please give me some dazes. Yeah, we're also talking about a format where like every deck has Lightning Bolt. They play Cavern of Souls. Like, you know what I mean? It's a hostile format to a Delver deck that's, like, trying to daze you. Like, yeah. It, like, I, I think it's just fine, you know? But, yeah, I say we ban Luris, revert the companion rule, and give us some more companions. Because here's the thing. Not only do they get to sell, a, 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 like, a ton of packs, like, let's get some more cool cards for commander players, and let's make the rule the way it was supposed to be, but we just like, take out the stupid broken ones. You might have to take out Yorian. Yeah, that's that's fine. Like that's fine, but like Yorian might be okay, right? Like if you lobbied Yorian to get banned, Cory Baumeister might hunt you down. Oh, I, I have a present for him. I opened a uh, <laughs> a, a, a foil borderless Yorian the other day, and I was like, "Oh, Cory." You yeah. know what happened the last time somebody sent Cory a foil a special foil Yorian? What happened? His dog ate it. I am not <laughs> sending Cory this card anymore. A, a, a fan sent him a, a, a full playset of like the fancy foil Japanese companions. Like all all ten of them, and Henry, the, his dog, ate exactly one of them, and it was the Orion. It was the Orion. Yeah. Wow. I actually, it's really funny because you'd have been like, "Oh, he only ate the, the Luris." I'm like, "Well, I happen to have a foil Japanese Luris." Like, I opened a box of of Japanese Ikoria and opened a foil Luris in it. But um, yeah, I, I just I I think something like that would be cool because like, you know, we, we saw it in the in the, in the last Bond Horizons where what did we have? we had two Planeswalkers, right? We had Sarah and we had Ren and Six. I think those were the only two. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. And one of them was broken, and one of them was not. And I wouldn't mind maybe finding somewhere in the middle. And it, it, you know, we saw that kind of coming, right? People were like, oh, "Sarah's kind of expensive. It doesn't do enough." It's it's really cool. The artwork's amazing. You know, I love cool cards. And like, that doesn't mean you can't make cards like that, right? Like, we need those cards in Magic. And like, I don't know. I would just like to see some really cool stuff in there. Uh, maybe uh, another tiny little support for ninjas because like it's it's so close to being really good in a couple formats. I mean, that could be your Delver kind of strategy. You know, mm-hmm. be a, be a ninja deck. I can yeah. see that. Um, I wouldn't mind another uh, cycling card or two to get kind of thrown in there because like I I actually really like the cycling deck in standard. And like you know, maybe we can make it good enough in some other format. I, I don't know if it ever will be, but like the, the, gets, you know, just, it gets to play Hollow One in, the, in older formats, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some other cool stuff that we can do and stuff, right? And like I said, uh, hopefully some diversity. Hopefully, I, I I always worry, you know, when a card like Sanctum Prelude gets gets uh, previewed because you're like, we know where that card is going. The the decks exist that this card is going into. Yeah, we don't know how many. The book is out on exactly. it. Yeah, the, yeah, and like we'll see a few more cards like that, right? Like you're gonna see some, you know, if you see some card that's like a good removal that's in like red or black and it deals you damage, you're like, oh, I know where this card's going, or like you see like 
you know, another card that ramps you in some way in, like, the green decks. You're like, well, that's a good card for Valica decks or for Titan decks, you know. Or, you know, this land comes into play tapped, but it's really, really good. It's like, well, I'm going to put that, you know, in my in my uh, my Primeval Titan decks. You know, just something, something along those lines, you know. I want to see some stuff that's, like, obviously good and powerful that we maybe have to do some other stuff. But, like, tempered the tiniest bit, maybe? You know, like, you know, Urza kind of... Urza was kind of that card, right? You know, like we saw some new decks kind of spawn, but then you just saw like, oh, we just put all the good cards in our deck. You yeah. Know, like started throwing the good cards at Urza and eventually it'll all fix. Like we said, Urza and Oko and like Crypt the Command and Mystic Sanctuary and all that stuff put together, you know? And I don't know. I just, I, just, I hope for something good out of it because, you know, Paper Magic's coming back. Like we're already seeing tournaments get announced. Uh, I, I know of a few more that are going to be announced and stuff. And like... You know, we're, we're, we're starting to come out of this. You know, you're seeing mask mandates getting taken up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got announcements from some of the big companies before the end of the year about something. I'm Maybe not an event before the end of the year, but, like, maybe, like, all right, here's where we're going. This is what we're planning. Or this is – and, like, it might not even be – it might not even be, like, a specific date, right? Like, I could see – and, like, I'm going to say this so you – because I know you, you can't and you might not know anything anyway. But, like, I could see someone like Star City being, like, we want – we want paper tournaments just as much as you do. Believe us. We maybe even want it more, you know, because it's, it's their it's their main way to make money, right? And they're like, but we love our players, right? We want to make sure everything's safe. So, like, maybe at the end of the year they have, like, an SCG con in, like, November or something. Like you just can't do it in December. You just, you can't. Like, the weather's just too bad. But, like, maybe you do it in November or you start to say, you know, this is our tentative thing. We're going to try on a trial basis, like, this event and this event. See how it goes. We'll go from there. And then, you know, we'll update you as quickly as possible kind of thing. And I, I that that's my hope. Maybe not for Hunter Rises, but just Magic in the future. I actually played in a, uh, I actually played some Paper Magic the other day. And uh, Ross, it, it felt good to shuffle some cards. I bet. I bet. I'm excited. I to... lost a lot. <laughs> like a lot. And I was happy. My deck sucked. But <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like having some fun, so. No, I can't. Gear Hulk was legal in the format. I played a Gear Gearhulk deck, so sue me. <laughs> like, but Yeah, they haven't been as good recently. Well yeah, I was trying to cast Magmopus and it just it just even when I did it, it was not very good. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't good enough. But I've got one I've got one other card I want to see in Modern Horizons 2. Sure. And I'm also not uh you know optimistic of its prospects, and that is Cabal sure. Therapy. Um It's so fun to play with and against so i agree with you on all the points and the main reason i think you're not going to see it is specifically because the first preview card was cabal therapist yeah for the the last one and they're not going to be like well you know here's just a better card cabal therapist is awful though and yeah like terrible they can't all they can't all be winners ross they can't only print good cards like it's awful it's embarrassing that that card is an homage to cabal therapy it is, a di- it is disrespectful to the legacy of Cabal Therapy <laughs> that Cabal Therapist exists. I can just, like, see Cabal Therapy sitting in the corner of the top head on and a cigarette in his hand, like, doing the slow drag and looking at Cabal Therapist and being like, do you see what they turned me into? Do you, do you, see, what yeah. they're, do you see what they're doing Cabal to me? Cabal Therapy is going to need to go to a therapist, but not Cabal Therapist, because it sucks. Yeah. I don't think it actually. I don't think Cabal Therapist is a licensed therapist, by the way. Like when you go when you go to this office, the things on the wall it's actually just like a piece of paper that like they printed it out. Yeah, and they it's like it. Hollywood upstairs it's not, medical college. Yeah, it's not an actual because like when you look at a diploma, it's on like different paper. You know, it's on better. It's paper on stock. 
Yeah. Okay. I didn't know the Tra- word. Traditionally on vellum. They probably aren't yeah. anymore. But. And you look at that and you're like, that got printed off your computer. You're like, that is just regular computer paper. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's in the frame, but it's not even like centered. It's like, you know, kind of <laughs> like, it's like, you're like, wait a minute. You're like, that's not even, it's like half out of the frame. What's going on here? You know, it's, it's, it's from some college you've never heard of, you know, like eh, whatever. But yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I think we just had a new level of our friendship just hating on Cabal Therapists together. I like that. Yeah, it sucks. And Cabal Therapy is awesome. I love playing with it. I just want to cast Stitcher Supplier and Milk Cabal Therapy and just look at the Thoughtseize in my hand and know I'm going to get all of their cards. It's going to be great. Okay. Uh, I do actually kind of want to move on because I wanted to get, make sure that we got a decent bit of the mailbag and the over-under done since we've been kind of neglecting that lately. Yeah, we're going to do a I'm lot. And I'm going to read the mailbag... I'm going to read the mailbag to you, and then we're going to kind of like circle back to this if you want, because you might need a minute or two to to think about this, okay? Well, I've, I've seen the mailbag question. I already have my answer. Okay. Uh, well, then that'll give me time to uh, get mine. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to make a comment on it before you answer real quick. Sure. Um, so recently, it was confirmed by Photo that Post Malone plays Magic. Uh, whether it's true or not, uh, what is your eight-man pod of people you would love to draft with? Uh, your people from history, your celebrities, fill your eight-man pod. Yes, Ross Merriam, they could be obscure French philosophers. And yes, Tannen, they could be fictional characters. God, he know- this is from Chef Petro. He knows us so well. Yeah. Uh, the Post Malone stuff is 100% true. I actually know the people who own the store that he plays in. I actually know the owner of the, sto- of the store. Uh, he is apparently a delight. Spends a lot of money in the store, which is also awesome for them. And he just... I didn't know if I guess he lives in that area. It's in Salt Lake, Utah, or whatever. And so, like, I actually have like Jonathan Job lives there. So, like, I have friends that live there, and they're like, "Yeah, he just comes in and plays Commander and stuff." So, well, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, I have no interest in playing Magic with people I don't know, and I haven't been able to play Magic in like fifteen months. So, I just want to pl- my my at this point, my dream eight man pod is just like a, a draft open. That they've somehow yeah. brought back for no reason. Yeah. Like, that's my dream right now. So, yeah. or, uh, like, you know, people I haven't seen at Magic tournaments in a while mm-hmm. that I want to see again. Like, Chris Marshall mm-hmm. is in my eight-man pod, <laughs> you I know? Love that dude. I love that dude. Yeah, yeah. Chris Marshall is great. Yeah. Um, So, he's you know. He's great at the Magic tournament and after. Yes. In fact, he's, like, nut high after. Yeah. He's, he's the best. So... There's my there is my answer. I just want to draft with people at an open, you know, maybe some old Connecticut grinders. Yeah, Adam Snook is in is in my eight man pod. Oh yeah, I love yeah, that guy. I want I definitely he's on the other team in the team draft though. Not because he's he's bad at magic, he's a good magic player, but because I enjoy beating him. Do yourself a favor, look up his Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. And look at the project he's been doing. You remember his basement? Because we stayed oh, in the, house. the artwork? Have you seen the whole the thing that he's doing to his basement? Just go look through all of it. It's great. I mean, he's like a, a contractor or something in that in that realm. He he. This is what he does for a living. Yeah, he's just like rebuilding his basement in some way, and like I can't wait to see the finished product. It's great. Um, I actually have like a few specific answers for this. I didn't have like a, an eight, you know, seven people ready to go or whatever. But my answer would uh, be would be Ross Merriam and Brendan Candio to start. Uh, definitely Jim Davis as well. Uh, just like the OG, you know. BCW, like the most formative, maybe not formative, but like probably like, you know, one of the best years of magic I had in my life, just hanging out with you yeah, guys. Y- y'all so, three are in my pod for sure. That, that's, uh, you're in there. It, and Nicole would be th- thrown in there as well. Yeah, but only uh, if Jim and Nicole are on opposite teams. Yeah. Uh, th- real quick, I'm going to tangent for two seconds. Have I ever told you my first interaction with Nicole? This is a good magic story. Uh, you have not. 
Okay, so uh, it's like 2000 and I don't know, 15 or something like that, right? It's right when um, I made a comeback to Magic. I hadn't been playing Magic at all. I've been playing poker. I think I had just, yeah, I'd say maybe it was 2016, 2017, because I just moved from Vegas back to Baton Rouge. And, you know, I had been talking to Decandio a lot. And I was like, hey, like Natalie and I have been talking. And she was like, maybe you should start playing Magic again. I was like, maybe I'll go to a few events. And Decandio was like, well, I just so happened to have this new team we're putting together. Do you want to be on it? And that was Team Energy, you know, with, uh, it was like, Brad the Carpenter, Emma Handy, you know, Brennan, myself, Mark Nestico, you know. And I was like, sure. And they unveiled the team at the Invitational that was in New Jersey that year. And, um, or that season or whatever. And I was not qualified for the Invitational, but they're like, hey, we want everybody here to do pictures and stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I mean, like, I'm not going to fly up there to just play in an open. You know, I'll, just go, I'll go to the next one or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, no, look, we'll, play for your, we'll pay for your plane ticket. Just come up. So I was like, all right, fine. So I, I flew up there. I did like an interview with uh, with uh, Nick Miller because, you know, we were like announcing the new team. And it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I used the same word like seven times interview. And I noticed when I watched it later, I was like, oh, that was bad. But um, anyway, so I play in the open or whatever, right? And uh, I think it's like round one or round two. And I, I get this match and... I, you know, read my opponent's name. I go sit down. It, it's Nicole, obviously. So I sit down and I'm playing against Nicole and we're playing modern. And she, so we're sitting there, we're making pleasantries because she's a delightful person. Anyone who's ever met uh, yeah. Jim's fiance? Ni- nicest actually, person I've ever met. Are they actually married yet? I don't think they're mm-hmm. married yet, right? I think they're um, engaged. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Whatever. Nicole's, uh, Jim's significant other. They live together. Like they're, they're married in my eyes. Um, She's an absolute sweet sweetheart. We're ch- we're chatting it up, you know. I don't think even at this point I know she's dating Jim Davis or whatever. But we're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, two or three of the SCG people walk up because we're on the edge of the table, like we're the last or the however you want to say it, the first, you know, uh, match. And they they walk up, and uh, they just start setting up a camera on a tripod, and they literally like start like you know setting up a camera a tripod and she's like what's going on and they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna f- film your match and take some pictures of him if that's okay and she just looks at me and she's like are, are you like famous or something she's like are you like a, a person I'm like no 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 <laughs> like, i had to explain it to her i was like i've been gone for a while they probably just need this for like promotional shots and like they put me in the commercial or whatever you know kind of thing so like her first interaction with me was like literally them like putting a camera into our faces in like random round two of an open while there's an invitational go on and she had to ask me like if I was famous or whatever. And then the cherry topping on it, she just beat the shit out of me <laughs> in the match too. She playing so, burn. You were playing Tron. She was playing burn. I think I played Jund because I didn't bring cards and someone just okay. had a Jund deck. And it was like the <laughs> one and only time I played Jund in, tar- in a in a tournament. It was like I will never do this again. It's it was just a horrible experience for me. Um. Anyway, so they they would be on the the list. Uh, just like a few hold, of the other hold, like. Hold on, I, now yeah. I have to tell my story. The first time I met Nicole. Sure. In case you didn't believe us when we said she's the nicest person alive. Uh, so I believe this is the first time that I really interacted with her. I had seen her before, but I'm not sure if we you know we had met and, and done the whole thing. Um, it, it's so funny too because it's like the exact opposite. The first time I met Jim, I actually did a favor for him, and I thought he was an asshole. So it's like funny that it's like the uh, the other way around because Jim's also a sweetheart. Anyway, yeah. good. So. Uh, so the the first time I really remember interacting with Nicole was at the second Players Championship. Uh, so you know Jim was doing really well, and she drove from you know New York down to Roanoke for the second day. And I had missed day two, and I was hanging out. We were watching you know the, the Sunday at someone's house, um, 
and she was going to come join us. And she got there, and she just had, like, a carload of snacks and treats and, like, cookies and things that she just brought for everyone. Like, I, I, I want to say it was a carload. It probably wasn't a carload, but it was well more than you would expect anyone to bring. Like, you would expect maybe that they would bring, like, uh, a bottle of wine or something like you know some sort of beverage maybe like a plate of cookies or something some she sort rated of treat. the local costco yeah she brought like six things like it was it's like, just it's like, comical it's like when you're with your grandma and she's like are you hungry and you're like yeah i'm just a little bit hungry and they make you like the four course meal yeah like you know that kind of thing like what'd you expect just times a million times yeah. grandma N- nicole basically just catered our sunday watch party <laughs> it's, it's just amazing and like it's, it's just not surprising you know to hear the yeah. story like yep that's nicole yeah uh so yeah those would be like a few people specifically and uh sam barth i, I don't really want to tell that long of a story but it's a uh younger friend of mine played a lot of magic he's sadly no longer with us and i would love to play magic with him one last time so, so that, that's our thing we don't we don't give a shit about playing magic with you know well, michael jordan tiger woods Chipper yeah, yeah. it's like yeah who gets like post malone like it, it would be cool i've played magic with some famous people like uh when i lived in vegas you know like it was really funny like a lot of the big time poker pros actually really enjoyed magic and we would have like eight mans with like i'm like that dude's got like 40 million lifetimes earnings. That dude's got like 25 million, you know? He has three like, bracelets. Yeah, he has, yeah, well, yeah. Like, like, like Huck Seed used to like play with us and stuff. Or, you know, maybe not Huck Seed, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, some, some people from like the Hall of Fame and stuff, you know? People that I've seen on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to mention some of the big, you know, magic pros that were there anyway as well. So, uh, sorry if that's not a, a great answer for you, Chef, but like, you know. That's the real answer. That's the real answer. By the way, I need you to message me sometime soon. When can I come visit Detroit? Because I'll book the ticket literally that day. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming to eat all your food. I'm vaccinated. I'm ready to go. Uh, there needs to be. What is it like? I'm like. What's the the phrase? People. I'm, I'm. I'm like. I'm blank and I'm ready to. To you know like like about when you reach a certain age, you're like you're forty and you're and you're flirty or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Phrase. I don't. I don't know what it is because I literally it's on the tip of my tongue. But there needs to be some phrase where like. I'm vaxxed and I'm, you know, I'm ready to go to the max or something. You know, like I'm ready. To, that's so bad. I'm aware. But like, you know, you're like ready to finally do stuff out of the house and stuff. So I don't know. But anyway, let's stop embarrassing me and let's do some more of the overrunner. Let's see here. Uh, Cathal says ramp cards, which also do something else. Growth spiral, Uro, Beanstalk, Giant, Eureka moment. I think this is going to be mostly the new norm with a lot of them. And I think it's really, really good. Yeah. So underrated. I would say they're properly rated. Like people play them all the time and they play them when they should. Mm-hmm. And they're good. Yeah. Um, taking a bath to relax. Uh, massively underrated. And I'll say this. I take way more baths now than I used to. Um, we have a garden tub in my house, which means that, like, my tub is, like, the size. Like, it's not a jacuzzi size, but, like, it's big. You yeah. know, like, I fit in there and stretch out without a problem. Like, like sometimes if I've just, like, had a bad day, or I'll go eat dinner in it. I'll watch, I'll watch a movie. You know, I don't, I don't care. It just, it's perfect. I could never go back to a normal bathtub. Like I could never take a bath in like a small, it'd just be like, what is this peasant tub? You know, like, you know, like what, what is this small, like, you know, where you, and it just doesn't feel right to sit in the little small ones where you don't get a lot of water. But this one, like I could get under the water, you know what I mean? Like completely under the water. It was just, yeah. And that, know, that's amazing. the key. You need to have an appropriate bathing tub. Uh, my tub is literally just small enough where I can't really stretch out in it comfortably. I took one bath in it shortly after moving into my apartment, and I've never tried it again. Your and bathroom I... is for hobbits. <laughs> it's actually for hobbits. Like it's I, not I went very to, large. You know, 
have stayed at Ross's apartment. And your apartment's not like, you know, lavish or anything, right? You have a good size apartment for for like, a you know, one person, right? Like, yeah. I actually think it's, I, I could easily live in less. But I will say that you, I feel like they just like had an extra closet and they're like, all right, we're putting the, we're putting the bathroom in there. Well, every place in Roanoke is like that. Just every bathroom is tiny. I don't get it. And I, I have a big one in my house. So like, I don't, and it's just funny because like I say that it's like not that bad until you get in the shower and the shower is really small and the shower head is like below my chin yeah the shower head is perfectly sized for my height and i'm like two inches below average yeah you're a fucking hobbit so like it's it's good for you so like me i had to like literally do squats to like wash my hair in in your shower all right brent wagner says the genre classic rock i'm gonna go slightly overrated just because it's not really my jam too much even though soon the stuff that i'm into will be in classic rock yeah, you gotta you gotta really work to define what exactly you mean, right? You know, what was classic rock? What classic rock was when I was like, you yeah. know, my first like twenty something years when you're like, because yeah. here's the thing, you almost don't find your, your musical taste at my age is pretty defined. Like you might change, but probably yeah. not. But by the time you're twenty five, usually your musical yeah. taste is pretty well defined. Yeah, uh, but the, like you know, classic rock to kids these days is fucking you know. You know, Limp Biscuit, <laughs> yeah, or Nirvana or something like that. You know, uh, yeah, like I mean, Nirvana was the first. No, Nirvana was one of the first albums that I ever owned. It was the yeah. first CD, like the first CD I ever owned. Well, Nevermind like, came like, out thirty years ago, so yeah, it was like the first ones I remember buying were Ten from Pearl Jam, the MC Hammer album. I don't remember which one, whichever one that was like got super big, and then Dookie from like Green Day and some other stuff like that. Those are like what I remember from back in the day. But like classic, rock, classic rock for us is like '60s, '70s, Beatles, Stones, Who, Zeppelin, right? Yeah, and like and then like maybe the the hair bands and stuff A little too. Bit. Yeah, you know, I I like the '60s and '70s stuff. Um, not my bag it's fine i mean i know the stuff like yeah. i like queen but like you know like what do other people think about it i think these days it's become sort of like trendy to like not like the beatles i think that's sort of I've become never, a thing i've never liked the beatles just just never liked them so i, I kind of want to say underrated because i think people have started like you know as they as more time passes there's just less cultural resonance with them and less influence from all of that music and you know, even now, like rock and roll as a genre is sort of dead, right? Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot of rock and roll around these days, and it's all you know. So, um, thanks MTV. So I'm actually going to say underrated, but that's because I think the perception of them is basically at an all time low. Um, Chase has one after this. It says true daily doubles. Um, underrated, though they're becoming appropriately rated. You know, since James Holtzauer, it started a little bit before then. Like I think people understand that, you know. People have been playing Jeopardy far too conservatively for many years. I don't know if you can hear me giggling. I'm trying to cover it up. I just read the next few down. These are all really, really good. All right, Gold. We're going to make these go quick, okay? Uh, Gold says, the deck classic, Rock. Uh, the Rock and its minions, obviously underrated, spawned an entire type of deck. So No, it was overrated. Mid-range decks back then sucked. All right. Uh, Joe says, Dwayne The Rock Johnson running for president. <laughs> Underrated. Uh, he'll probably win in a landslide. Overrated. Has he ever been in a good movie? Yes. Lots. Anyway. Name uh, a single one. What is it? The Rundown? The one with him and Sean Scott from like way back in the day? And he's like, established dominance! Established dominance! Sort of that I movie. don't even I know what you're talking about. Who? You mean Sean William Scott? Stifler? Yes. Stifler, yeah. He and Stifler did a movie? Yeah, it's like back. This is like before Rock got like really huge. I mean, physically or as a yeah, like it was it was him coming out for for movies and stuff. Um, 
Also, have you ever seen a Fast and Furious movie? They're great. <laughs> Ugh. They're great, Ross. You shut up. They're they're for what they are. They're great. All right. Um. Hold on. You know what? G- give me a second here. I'm gonna pull up his damn IMDb. <laughs> Stifler has only made one good wrong. movie in his life, and it's Role Models. Uh. Oh, the Jumanji movie was actually pretty good. The the first one. That the only Jumanji movie good. I recognize has Robin Williams. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Let's see here. Uh, I'm going through stuff. All these movies were kind of bad. Yeah. I mean, look, look. Overall, is like obviously. Oh, Mona or whatever the the Disney movie. Oh, he was in Moana. Okay, Moana. you got yeah. me. You got. I'll give you. I'll. I'll 100 give you Moana. Yeah. Has he yeah, been I'm in a live movie. action film that didn't suck? Uh, <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, I'm 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 struggling. I'm going through a lot of these. I'm back to 2011. Um, I didn't even know he's in some of these movies. Oh, the other guys. That movie was hilarious, but he's only in it for like the first five minutes. Uh, it doesn't count. Doesn't count. I don't even know that um, movie, by the way, so I can't even judge if it's good. It's the. It's like the the. But even if it does, if he's only in it for five minutes, like he's not really in it. It's the Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, like comedy. Is it was it was actually is that the one about the dads? No, no, that's the other one. This they're cops in this one, um, or detectives or something. Doom was pretty bad. I'm going back through some of his old stuff. Uh, it was the rundown, and it looks like that was like his first, yeah, one of his first so movies. So overrated. Okay, sure, whatever. This man All probably right. has three hundred million dollars for a string of awful movies. He's probably made more than that. Uh, Gold also asked rocks. I'm gonna go with properly rated. Um, not not into the. Uh, I am going to interpret this in the alcoholic sense, and sure. I'm gonna say underrated because you should have ice in your drinks. Yeah. Have you ever used the like stones, like whiskey stones or anything like that? No. I don't like them as much. I I will say this too. It's when you know you're an alcoholic is when you get that gifted multiple times in your life. Like people <laughs> and other people keep getting to you. All right. Brent says rock and rock, paper, scissors. Obviously underrated because nothing beats rock. Um, yeah. Agreed. Or one third properly rated, however you want to look at it. Uh, Leo the Magic Man says rocking chairs. Um, underrated. underrated. They're great. Yeah, underrated. Have you ever been to a Crackle Barrel? They're amazing. Um, the next one this is a really good one from Fuzzy Dan. The movie School of Rock, immensely underrated. Yeah. This movie is amazing. This is just very, an all-time classic film. There's also there. I don't know if there's a copyright thing with this, but there is a music school here called the School of Rock. It looks just like the one from that movie in, in Baton Rouge. Um, Gold says, "Rock you like a hurricane." Obviously, that song. Any song that gets everybody singing together is usually probably like a little overrated. So. Uh, like I'm the, gonna the, say the, the, underrated movies. because there's a guy at the karaoke bar that sings a song a lot, and I miss karaoke. Okay, so there we go. And if 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 it wasn't to the point where like you you didn't miss it, you probably say overrated because you've heard it so many times. Uh, Joe, Mister English, twenty two says the Rock's famous "The People's Elbow." That was like his finishing one of his like setup moves. Overrated. Uh, I'm gonna say underrated because it was pretty cool and it was much better than like. He was a good entertainer as a wrestler, so it was it was big to have like you know fun, cool moves because most guys his size had like really mundane finishing moves because they weren't very athletic. Like you think of like Hogan, he would literally just put a boot into your face, like that was his thing, and he would drop his leg on you because he can't because he's not like an actual you know like like obviously he's a great athlete, but he couldn't like you know go crazy in the ring like some of these guys could. So it's all underrated. Uh, <laughs> Catatonic Walrus asks, being able to smell what the Rock is cooking. Uh, I'm going to say underrated because I have a shitty sense of smell and it sucks not having a great sense of smell because it helps you taste your food, you know, better. Uh, I can tell if something's burning in, in the house. I also have a weak sense of smell, so underrated. Mm-hmm. I think these are technically still a little, um, 
a little related. Joe, Mr. English says diamonds. I'm going to say this is one of the most overrated things on the face of the planet. Yeah, just read about how horrible De Beers is as a corporation. Yeah, they're just fucking awful. Fuck diamonds. Gold says alternate Earths. I'm going to interpret this in the DC realm with all the alternate Earths, and it's kind of cool, so it's underrated because there's a lot of cool I have no idea what you're talking about, so. Yeah, a lot of storylines in DC. They have, like, alternate Earths, you know, like Earth 2, Earth 3, like, and one of them, like, Superman doesn't land in Kansas. He lands in the USSR and is raised as a Soviet person. And like, you know, now you have piqued my interest. And then like, yeah. And then there's like another one where, um, when they're, when Bruce Wayne and his family are like walking down the alleyway, uh, Bruce gets killed. And so his dad ends up becoming Batman and his mom ends up becoming the Joker because it drives her crazy. And so like, there's a storyline where that's going on. Like, you know, there's just cool alternate Earths where, like, different things have happened. Sure, you know, parallel universe villains. Yeah, kind of think so. Uh, Brent Wagner, editor, ask Earth in general. I'm going to go with pretty overrated if you haven't been paying attention for the last, you know, 15 years. <laughs> I'm going to go with underrated. There's not a lot of planets that can sustain life. Should they? So, good job, Earth. <laughs> Being a little little morose, uh, you know. I like living. All right, uh, I'm not sure about this one, but uh, Russell Groot says, okay, because Ross said he likes all types of eggs. He says the century egg, also known yeah. as thousand-year eggs. I've never had know. a century egg, and they sound awful. But it sounds awful. I'm going to say underrated because it's an egg. Yeah, Cathal says rice. Uh, underrated, I think it is a very underrated food, especially if you make it correctly. I also really love like Asian dishes, and it's you know just a central component of almost every asian dish. i basically love all grains but rice is the best one underrated like if you had a power ranking with like rice bread pasta potatoes rice is number one yeah i mean i think pasta might be one for me but we'll see uh dlc says this one's for tannin this is a good one uh, i think you might know about this i'm not sure and they just said cardmageddon <laughs> Uh, underrated because I didn't get got it by it at all, and it's provided me with many hilarious jokes over the years. Hey man, I got paid. Yeah, so I'm underrated like, for Tannin too. Yeah, like like I know that's a very insensitive thing. Like the players, you know, didn't yeah, get paid. Yeah, bunch of people got screwed. Yeah, a bunch of people got screwed. Uh, it, it's it's a thing that I do anytime I work for something like that. I always ask to be paid up front. <laughs> because of things like this, but we didn't think it was going to be this bad. Obviously, and there's an important thing here. I had nothing to do with this tournament other than commentary. Literally, like, you know, I didn't make this tournament. I didn't profit in any way besides being paid for the work that I did. All right. Uh, we could we talk about that more in, like, another <laughs> another episode or something. But I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I even reacted with the eyeball emoji, like, when someone mentioned this. All right. Uh, Cathal says, Happy Gilmore. I'm going to go with underrated. It's definitely a classic from Sandler and probably, like, the height of his... Uh, what's the right word here? Like, It's the, Adam Sandler's best game. movie. And it's, it's not remotely close. It's it's definitely if it's not the best one, then it's like one B. No, it's you know. it is not it is not remotely close. Alright, it's really good. Happy Gilmore is the movie I have seen more than any other in my entire life. It's all in the hips. It's all oh, yeah. Get off of me. Just easing the tension, baby. Just easing the tension. Yeah. Why didn't you go to your home? Are you too good for your home? Like uh yeah, Kevin Nealon. Uh, Lee Trevino is great in that movie. Carl Weathers is great in that movie. Julie Bowen is great in that movie. Um, who's the guy That's who plays Shooter? From, um, from Modern Family, yes. Modern Family. She's on yeah, Julie Real Bowen is, is, yeah. is um, um... What? Friends listen to Endless Love in the, in the Dark. dark. 
What is her name in the movie? Um, uh, do, do you really want to know? It starts with a V, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, Vicky Valancourt is from one of the other ones. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Give me one second. No. Um, uh, um, yeah, I think that's the teacher nope, from no, no, Billy no, Madison. No, her name does start with a V. Yeah. It's uh, a state. It's a state. Virginia Bennett. It's Vinnett, it says on this. But it's maybe Vinnett? Vinnett? I've is always thought... Virginia Vinnett? Okay. He does do the alliteration thing quite a bit with women for some reason. Like, you know, his Vicky Valancourt, Virginia Vinnett. So, like, I'm not sure. But Shooter McGavin is just a great character, too. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Um, like every, so super underrated. Movie is, movie is it's phenomenal. Um, Joe, Mr. English says Star Wars. Uh, old stuff, underrated. New stuff, overrated. Uh, the the stuff on Disney Plus so far, underrated. Sure, I'll uh, I'll leave the Star Wars expert the, to that the, one. Yeah, the new trilogy, like the third movie. So, like the the latest movie to come out was the biggest steaming pile of shit I've seen in a long. I've like. I don't know if I've ever left a theater that disappointed, like in my life. Like it, it, it's literally like one of the peak disappointments I've ever had in my life, especially for like entertainment purposes. Cathal says Lord of the Rings, um, underrated. The books are slightly overrated, and the movies were great, in- including the four-hour versions. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say overrated. Okay, I don't think it's overrated by much, but like it's fine. I don't want to watch it for twelve hours. I do. We get, we should we. Should, I uh, I was gonna do this, but ended up not doing it. Uh, a theater in Texas was showing all of the extended versions back to back. They're gonna like let you watch them, and then they were gonna feed you while you were watching the things on the schedule of a Hobbit. So you're gonna get breakfast, second breakfast, like noonsies or whatever. Like they had the whole the whole thing. So you're gonna get a, you're gonna get food every time during one of those things. Uh, the shrimp says hiding in cardboard boxes as a kid. Obviously, way underrated because, like, you could just, it, it could be anything. Yeah, cardboard boxes are great. Brent says hiding in cardboard boxes as an adult. Uh, way overrated because that's creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Underrated. You're probably up to no good. Yeah, you're probably under no good. Uh, Cathal says pillow forts. Way underrated. I built the shit out of some giant pillow okay, forts. How can you say ca- the... hiding in cardboard boxes is overrated, but pillow forts are underrated? No, 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 no. As, as an adult. Yeah. This, it's still great. Make that's a pillow right. fort tonight, Tannen. Uh, I do in my bed quite often. We have like a bunch of pillows. You know, I have a, like a, a woman in my home. So like we have like 17 pillows on our bed. Like, hold on. Honestly, hold on. We have four. Five, six, we have, I think we only have seven. So I think that's actually like not that bad. I think we only have seven, but the, the three of them are not on there all the time. They're like the show throw pillows that go on the front that aren't actually pillows. Yeah. Or whatever. Throw pillows. Yeah. They're decorative. Uh, Fuzzy Dan says, Avatar, The Last Airbender. I'm assuming this is... Okay, the reactions to this are amazing. Uh, the show is probably underrated, even though I've never actually sat down and watched the whole thing, but everyone talks about how great it is. I did see the movie, and that was a piece of crap. So, I've never seen any of this. I have no opinion. Yeah. Chase says, The Soul Merillion. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's yeah. the... It's another Lord of the Rings type book. It's like the, with, all the background shit for Lord of the Rings. It's probably overrated. It, like Those books are never that great. You know, It's not as good as the other stuff, and... I wonder if this is going to have any inclination on what the the new shows that are coming out that they're making for Lord of the Rings. So they're we'll making Lord of the Rings uh, shows. They, I think it's Amazon has a new Lord of the Rings thing coming out, but it's not anything of like what we've seen already. It's like it's like thousands of years before, and they're spending like so over like a billion Isildur dollars. Isildur or something. Uh, I think it's way before Isildur. Even before that, because Isildur, Isildur is within. Well, actually, no. It, 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 we could get to the story of Isildur actually, since like. I was supposed to say, I thought Isildur was only a few hundred years. I think it's a thousand or two thousand years before. I, I'm not up on my exact timeline. But 
We might see them like forge Narseal or something like that. You know, like some cool stuff. All right, I sound like a giant nerd there. All right, Intrepid well, Zero. Are, so, well, I'm also doing a podcast about Magic: The Gathering. Anyway, yeah. Intrepid Zero says avocado salsa. Uh, anything with salsa and avocado is extremely underrated because they're both amazing. Yeah, delicious, underrated. Uh, the f- it's, I think their name is the Fatty Five Hundred. It's P H A T T Y. Yeah. Um, plain cheese pizza, overrated. Put some toppings on your shit. Underrated. You don't need toppings if the pizza's good. Uh, what if you're lactose intolerant? Mm. Then suck it up. It's pizza. <laughs> it's suck, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I actually, the other day, uh, I, I, I had a cheat meal coming up. And I was talking to my, my friends in like my little like Warzone community. It's like some, you know, some magic players. Some I know it's like Tark Patel, uh, you know, Shaheen Sarani and some people like that. And I was like, what should I get? And everyone's like, someone's like snapped off pizza. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I've got like a veggie pizza in my house, but it doesn't really feel like a, like a, a cheat meal. And they're like, no, d- trust me. They're like, go to Domino's and get the personal pan pizza. Because I like pan pizzas. I was like, sure. It was so good, Ross. Ross, it was so good. Like, I made love to that pizza. It was so good. Uh, Zeth4 says... Pizza's great. Yeah, it's, one, it's probably my favorite food. Zeth4 says, The Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know what that is. The Tom Cruise movie with Emily Blunt. It's like Groundhog Day meets sci-fi alien in, in, incursion. Sounds awful. Overrated. Uh, extremely underrated. I actually think the movie is very good. And I think you can stream it right now on the TNT app freely. Because I actually watched it the other night. Uh, I think the movie is actually good. And I usually don't like... Like I really... Like Groundhog Day kind of like grinds my gears. But I did like... What was the one that came out with um the How I Met Your Mother... Uh, actress Palm, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. I almost said Paradise Island or something. Yeah, her I name is Christy like Milioti. Palm Springs. Yeah, I didn't want to get her name wrong. Cathal says beer. Obviously, it's underrated. Underrated. Like, it's the best from beverage. From Ross. Uh, I, I even though I don't drink it and consume it anymore. Uh, Joey, shout out to Joey by the way. Love you. One of our favorite. One of my favorite listeners. I I look forward every week. So one thing that she does, if you don't follow her on Twitter, um, every week she uh, writes like her main takeaway from this week's episode of the show. And it's always like clever or funny or something. I just love it. I look forward to it every week for the for the tweet. So I always check her stuff out. Uh, she says the amazing Todd Anderson is a guest on podcast. I'm gonna underrated. go slightly overrated. I'm gonna underrated. go slightly overrated. His head's already big enough, Ross. Underrated. Love Todd. Okay, sure. Obviously he's un- obviously he's underrated. Gold says the Goblin King Jim Davis is a special guest. I'm gonna go with underrated, and we should make that happen sometime soon. Properly rated because nobody knows what he's like. Yeah. Uh, Catatonic Walrus says the Goblin King David Bowie from Beyond the Grave is a special guest. If he was alive, we'd get him on the show. I'd love it. Uh, my wife loves that movie, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm not really into the Over, whole like, overrated having dead people on the show is going to be creepy. Uh, Admiral Epsilon says the gathering part of MTG. It's, honestly, like kind of overrated because everyone it's all everyone's default answer, and it like it's not. It can't possibly be 100% for the reason that magic is great, right? Like, we all got into magic for other reasons, too. And we kind of ignore some of those reasons, and everybody keeps harping on the gathering. As awesome as it is, you know, it, it's it's still overrated. Uh, I'm going to go with slightly underrated because, you know, running into some magic players or whatever, it was, it was cool to see the homies. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's great. It's still the. It, I agree. It's still the best part of Magic. But if that line just gets repeated so often, that yeah, uh, of course. 
Uh, so it's, it's overrated by technicality. Yeah, the traveling part of it still really sucks. That's probably what it, you know, what's going to be the deciding thing for me. Uh, I would be remiss if we didn't mention Bearster and Man during this episode. That's our sponsor for the show. So make sure you check out their stuff. That's Bearster and Man with two N's dot uh, com. Check them out for any of your shaving, uh, soap related stuff. There's some colognes on there as well. If you need to smell a little better, lots yeah, of really you, cool. You've got to start being around people again pretty soon. So maybe you want to clean up a little bit. Make sure you smell all right. Yeah, Barrister yeah. and Man can help you out with that. And, and Ross can attest to this. I've been uh, a little cleaner the last couple times he's seen me. My facial hair is a little more, you know, kept. My hair looks a little better. I've been, you know, out in public, you know, and I don't always have a mask on anymore. If I'm eating or whatever, I don't have a mask on, so I gotta, I gotta worry about how I look behind the mask or whatever. Um, I will say that I, I did have a little bit of a, uh, of a tan line from the masks in Vegas or whatever, like just a little bit. It's kind of gone now, all right, obviously, but. Um, but yeah, make sure you check them out. Lots of really cool gifts, especially for men. There's definitely, you know, it's definitely tailored towards that, but you can definitely find some really cool gifts in there for women, especially like, you know, the the non-gender stuff. Like, you know, not... Shaving soap is kind of a guy's thing, you know, for your face, but like, I'm sure they could use it some other stuff, but like, that's my personal favorite uh, item on there. Uh, definitely check it out if you haven't and use the code MTGRANTS uh, for a 15% off discount again that's barristerandman.com in with two with two ends there sorry ross it's got two ends in it <laughs> confirmed two of them ross there's, a, there's one, one n and then a, there's a second n so yeah. make sure make it's sure you get like, both of them in there it's almost as many as it's in my name there's a lot in my name have you tried going to barrister and man with one n is there anything that at that website i hope it's not I, something I awful it. I have it, but it, I don't trust the internet because it usually is something awful. So, I'm, okay, that, doing it's, it now. it's nothing. We're, we're safe. Nothing? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like I, it's like the first time I ever talked about it, it's like it's bearish man with two ends, and it just kind of it kind of stuck. It's like a, it's yeah. like a thing now. Like I think you actually said it on the episode where I wasn't on the episode. It seems you like something it, that you should clarify, right? If I heard somebody tell me go to barristerandman.com, I would put one in, and then I would be disappointed yeah. when nothing was there. I'd be like, what kind of fucking game are they playing? Yeah, because, like, those are both two singular words. Like, it's barrister and man. Like, you know, like, it's... But you're like, no, it's a name. And you're like, oh. Yeah, you know, and, now, and now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah. You're going to have I'll, to fight the other half of the battle. I can't do that yeah. for you. I am excited about the new G.I. Joe movie coming out this year. There's a new G.I. Really, Joe movie? There's a Snake Eyes movie coming out, which is going to be interesting because the, that character doesn't speak. So, um, I'm just... I'm The main reason I'm interested in is the 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 antagonist uh storm shadow or whatever it's done by it's portrayed by an actor that i like a lot so okay i'm interested okay. to see that's and a like, reasonable reason be, to be excited for a movie that's usually it's gonna kind of be like yeah it's gonna kind of like be like mortal Kombat. like you know it's bad like you know it's bad but like it's so i, bad, I, I was reasonably entertained by the mortal Kombat movie i, yeah, I will admit it was that great. i did not expect great. to be have you watched the old ones the old ones are great just like mm-hmm. street fighter all those movies are amazing because like here's the thing you know what you're getting into I yeah. love it. Under underrated, underrated, Ross. Underrated. Uh, Are they? You're just uh, wrong. Okay? You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, keep keep messing me, Ross. I will literally shave half your beard in your sleep. You know where I live. And I'll do. I'll do a Barrister and Man products. I already too. took off half my beard. You know, a week ago. Probably more. You look so good. You look so good. I'm actually crushing on you a little bit okay. during the show. Someone someone came over. And swept up my hairdresser, the floor around mid haircut because my, like, they saw there was so much on the floor. They're like, I got to help the hairdresser out. So they came over and, and like, cleaned up most of it mid haircut. Yeah. 
Did I tell you about my first haircut? No. Before I went to Vegas? So, like, I went to the guy that I always see, right? I, like, you know, booked online, so he knows I'm coming. I walk in the door, and he does the literal double take, and he goes, uh, what was it? He goes, God damn! He's <laughs> like, he had never seen my hair even remotely that long. He's like, we need to do something about that. I'm like, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. I had, like, a mullet. It was so bad. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with any mullets. For anybody out there listening, if you have a mullet, I'm sure it's great. It's beautiful. It ain't for me. You know, kind of thing. So, uh, anyway... Ross, uh, if people wanted to hear more of you, see more of you, where would they go? Best place is my Twitter account. I am at Ross Hunneds. That's H-U-N-N-E-D-S. That's uh, you know the best place to keep abreast of, of everything. Good place to ask me questions uh, as well. Then there is my written content, firststarzdgames.com. My columns go up on Tuesdays. As I mentioned earlier in the show, this week's column is all about Atarkas Command and its potential in Historic. Uh, so appreciate support there. Then there's the non-written content, by which I, of course, mean Versus Live, the web show I co-host twice a week with Corey Baumeister. We're on there 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesdays and Thursdays on the Star City Games Twitch channel, uh, playing whatever is relevant to you know current competitive magic with Modern Horizons preview season starting. We're going to be playing a lot more modern than we have over the last you know six months. Uh, so if you've been missing more modern on versus live, you now now's the time to tune in and get your fix. Um, and if you can't catch us live, which I encourage you to do because we take questions live from the audience and it's great. But if you can't catch us live for whatever reason, the, you can see the VODs on the Star City Games YouTube channel. The VODs go up the following day at 5 p.m. So that'll be Wednesday and Friday. Then there's my stream. I haven't streamed in a while, but I promise you it's coming back. So if you want to give me a quick follow on Twitch uh, so that you get notifications when I do come back, it, uh, I am just Ross underscore Miriam there. And so that's easy to do. Tannen, if people want to see more Apologia for Horrible Films, where can they go? Oh, yeah. I'm all over Twitter for that. With uh, Yeah, that's, that's all your tweets. Every single um, one. I actually, I did actually stream a little bit again the other day. Uh, it's on uh, Twitch under just Tan and Grace on there as well. Uh, I, you know, I go sporadically with that. I, I have actually done a full 180 on how I feel about the limited format uh, that is going on right now. Um, not a fan of Strixhaven anymore. I actually actively think it's not a good format after drafting it a lot. Uh, the replayability of it is not good, and I have I could talk for like an hour or whatever. Um, Ari Lax put it into much better words than I could have when he talked about it. But uh, new sets are coming out soon. Um, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Coria has been back a little bit and doing some stuff with that. So, and I think I'm going to be streaming some standard or something sometime soon. Um, I actually streamed randomly like poker the other day as well because I got invited to some like poker thing that's going to be shown on Twitch at some point or whatever, and uh, so, that, so that was fun. But uh, definitely check out my stream. Uh, I don't have any like set time for it. It's kind of sporadic with you know what's been going on. I'm going to be out of town a lot, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, check me out on those two things, and make sure you check out the Twitter for the cast. It's pretty easy to find. Just put MTG rants. You can find links to our Discord and our Patreon in there. We really appreciate all the support that we get from everybody, whether you're listening or you are supporting us on Patreon, and uh, a little extra appreciation for the people that do help support us monetarily. We got to we somehow got to pay Brent. You know, otherwise, like, we can't ever let him out of the basement because then he won't do his work. Yeah. So. It's a whole thing. You know. Yeah, it's, it's or, like, we can't pay Todd to be on the show and stuff. So, anyway. Yeah, another thing. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week. And um, hopefully we have a lot more magic content for you all next week. And I really have a feeling we will because we'll be talking a lot, a lot 
what Matt yeah. did. We're going to be uh, diving a lot into Modern Horizons, so don't worry. Yeah, I think you're you're going to be getting like a very magic-centric show. So, uh, But anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see and talk to you all next week. Bye.